Hello, and welcome back to the Lazy Fazy Oddcast of Wonder and Whimsy. I am your humble host, Doog Doogsley Doogertons, and as usual, I'm happy to be here. Today, we are going to be chit-chatting with a lovely, lovely friend of mine who goes by the name of Nimbly. When I was first conjuring this odd cast in my mind, I immediately knew that one of the pillars that I wanted to introduce pretty quickly to the flow of the odd cast was interviews, and specifically interviews with, one, people who I admire and who I enjoy spending time with, which maybe not like a mutually exclusive <laughs> uh, aspects, but they, they are to me. I, I look up to a lot of my friends. And two, people who inspire me, who are creative, who are, are academics in their field, and I just want to kind of pick their brain about some stuff. And Nimbly fell under both of those categories for me. And I mean, first of all, as soon as you hear her voice, you're just going to be drifted away into this angelic state of mind. She speaks so, so softly, but she's Gemini. So she has an incredible vernacular and a grasp of just keeping you engaged and so, so cozy. It's definitely their strong suit. And what we talk about a lot throughout the Oddcast episode is uh, her journey through streaming and her journeys through lore keeping, which is a big bulk of, of her streams, which just it's just a pretty cool way of saying that she really likes the stories of the games that are told. And so she talks about her adventures through that and, of course, through Zelda, which is mostly why I'm bringing her on now following up the Zelda astrology episode, because I've mentioned this before and I'll mention it again. <laughs> it was on her podcast called the Ethereal Femme Lore Keeper podcast. And on my episode on that podcast, we dove deep and talked about the astrology of well for me Majora's Mask it was my it's my favorite game so that was what I was on there mostly talking about but also the first Zelda game too because as you if you watch the previous Zelda astrology episode you'll kind of understand why the birth chart of Zelda in and of itself you know it everything kind of leads back to that but and it's not even like repaying the favor <laughs> it's just like I don't know I really had fun talking to you, and now I want to bring you into to my stage, and I get to sort of now pick your brain about all of these little intricacies of why, and why do you do this, and how what do you feel when you do this, which a lot of this is talking about streaming, like I said, and lore keeping, like I said. We talk a bit about spirituality, and astrology, and living so soft and sensitive in a world gone mad, and trying to balance all of these intense feelings that we navigate life with, and how tough that can be, but rewarding it is. And we talk about nature. I don't know. We talk about a whole bunch of different stuff in this. And I am so excited for you to just listen in on this conversation, which was just so wonderful to be a part of. So I recommend you get a tasty drink. Nimbly and I are matcha connoisseurs. This is a wonderful <laughs> interview. If you have a little cup of matcha or green tea at your side. And I hope you enjoy. Oh, one last thing. Ooh, I almost I almost stopped recording. Hold on. <laughs> 
Just keep in mind that this episode is in the thick of not only Mercury retrograde, but retrograde season. And we definitely met with some technical difficulties, especially at the beginning of the episode. So just respect some weird audio cuts for the first 20 minutes. But after that, it should be smooth sailing. So just look out for that and don't be too disturbed. I promise I didn't cut anything too egregious. Once again, thank you for listening, and uh, I hope you listen even more for the next two hours, because you are about to be bombarded with two mercurial, fey-coded, chipper, twee, (laughs) and uh, eloquent individuals that just love to talk. (laughs) Affectionate, by the way. (laughs) Uh, So maybe the podcast starts around now. Hi. Uh, <laughs> interview. Hi, everyone. Uh, so uh, I guess let's start with, in theory, I just introduced you to everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. But maybe would you like to introduce yourself and, and what you feel is important to share with the world? Who, who yeah. you are, who Nimbly is? Yeah. Um, hello, I'm Nimbly, um, also known as your high from comforting friend and lore keeper on the internet. Um, I... Uh, I like fantasy games and science and magic and the convergence of those things and many others. And I am so excited to talk to you today, Dukesley, because I admire you so much. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. I admire you too. That's why. That's why I, I'm. You're here. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to create this a part of the Oddcast space to be bringing on people who I want to lift up their voices and just give them even more of a a, a stand to reach others on because I I love your content and I love who you are and who what you represent and I think that. We are two sides of the same coin in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. we are both very deep in geekery, nerdy video games, anime, uh, while on the other hand being in this very tender, spiritual lifestyle uh, or world or just simply being more open to it because I feel mm-hmm. like – and I do feel like that Venn diagram is becoming more circular <laughs> as time goes on. I feel like this like niche, witchy, video gamey, uh, femme – presenting individual is becoming more common but uh mm-hmm. i i'm i'm excited to talk to you in particular about uh indeed the convergence of all of those things and i guess to start i i'm just curious i wanted to know how your new your full moon has gone god another, to another dimension <laughs> i think is probably the best way to put it um that 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 has like a neutral weight to it it's 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 transcendent it's um dreamy but it's also and weirdly grounding i think um when i was looking at the moon yesterday i'm sure you like got a great view of it just it was know. beautiful indeed yeah like i'd never seen anything like it before like it she was humongous huge so like white like i bright, know white. it was it was surreal. a spotlight yeah and then there was like this faint blue ring around it and i was like is it because of my glasses or is that what's going on i'm like do i care that's my favorite color i'm just gonna say that that's what's going on here <laughs> um but it it was it was it was really yeah like it said grounding in a way and I think it felt that way to me because it kind of reminded me of my and this is like a little bit of an aside um, I was really looking forward to chatting with you because I don't feel 
like I always feel like myself when I'm presenting like you know on the internet but I feel mm-hmm. like that kind of dreamier wit manner of speaking and existing like is very welcome in your space so if I if I have like a little pauses mm-hmm. it's because I'm just like soaking at all in. <laughs> oh yes um, please I and I mean a, a part of that magic I think between the two of us is our you would consider yourself like a Gemini dominant right oh, you yeah a lot of Gemini or you, you feel heavily leaning in Gemini yeah uh yeah I'm, I'm the same way I got my Gemini sun and moon uh like right on top of each other so like I so much of my life is just led through like the way I speak it out <laughs> and, exactly and then, yeah and uh well, I want to, if you don't mind me asking you a couple questions about your Please. chart. Uh, yeah. So wh- where is your Pisces in your chart? Do you do you know what house that's in? Um, Let me look. I have my time passages app here. I was, that's the, the most preparation I wanted to do because I, I didn't want to overthink it. I, I do that. <laughs> my, my uh, you know, mercurial nervousness. So <laughs> let me see. So my first house would be Cap. Capricorn, second mm. house, yeah. So third house. Oh, yeah. well, there it is. There's that yeah. dreamy speak <laughs> that that I feel has radiated off of you from the first time that I found your channel. First time I found you speaking online, I'm like, oh my gosh, this water sign Mercury or, or something like there. There has to be some sort of mercurial like the and, and then it made sense because you got that Gemini prowess that just like radiates off of you because. Uh, I, I think that you have such a unique like dichotomy to the way that you navigate through your stream because you are have this very naturally like corporeally soft voice, but you are a chatterbox. You're <laughs> able to go and go and go and just like entertain yourself and entertain everyone else. And I remember the first time I watched you and I think at first glance or at first listen, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, like probably like and not that you're like not introverted i think that you're likely somewhere in the middle i think most gemini's are where like you yeah. can sort of go on and then off <laughs> but yeah. uh i think that you're able to i i when i first found you i was like oh like oh that's so sweet like she's so like sweet soft spoken like uh but then like you just kept talking and i was like oh yes <laughs> Like this is awesome. <laughs> like I want to hear more of this. Like, it's, this rules. I love this. <laughs> oh like, oh, you just like didn't shut up. It was awesome. I love it. Yeah. No, no. I and no, I, I mean that in the best way. Like it's 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 very mm-hmm. affirming that, uh, to hear that from you because yeah. I mean we don't we 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 just go 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 like Energizer Bunny. Oh yeah. So I guess yeah. My third house is in Pisces. That makes sense because Saturn is hanging out there. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. Are are you going through your Saturn return as well or it feels like it. I I'm technically past it. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think I'm in that in between Saturn and Jupiter um return. Oh yeah. Cleanup yeah, phase, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, which is which feels really good. Like I, I think that's one thing that I really love about astrology is that it 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 kind of provides some insight into what the heck is going on. <laughs> Yeah, at, at least at least like thickens the story in some way where it's like okay, I'm not like unhinged for feeling this way. Yes, you know, there's there's something else that is is subtly dancing with this unhinged <laughs> energy that I'm just like gravitating towards over and over again. And uh, that's interesting that you've you've gone through your Saturn return. I'm I'm 
in the thick of mine at the moment. I yeah, so that I guess I'm a little younger than you. That's interesting. I I thought I pictured us the same age, uh, but yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that that's an aside for me. <laughs> oh, I was talking about groundedness, like how like looking at the moon made me feel. I guess because it's it's like a celestial body, and it's it's got that physicality to it. And even though you're feeling that, I, I, I'm sure you can relate to this. I don't I don't feel like I need to like qualify this like I would in other spaces, but just reminding myself that one, there's like this whole universe that's much larger than me, and whatever I might be trying to sort out during this full moon phase, but also just like that I'm connected to other things as well. Like, it's not like it's just this vast, you know, vacuous space mm-hmm. that I'm occupying. Like I'm, I'm a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that was like really nice. And like, of course I was a little soft and teary <laughs> yesterday and today, but it felt, it felt good. It felt good. It yeah. definitely draining, but, but good. Yeah. Like I, it, it's funny. I think a lot of people have been building up this, this full moon to be super emotional, which I think any watery full moon is going to shed some tears, but like this felt like so many, uh, at least for me, maybe this is maybe this is a me thing. But like, I I felt like um, my my heart was like wide open last night. Yeah. And but like, in a safe and like I I didn't feel like I had to cry. I think some people had to cry, but like I just felt like I just had to just be open to yeah. like all the Pisces goodness. I'm a Pisces rising, so like I oh, I, <laughs> that makes sense. I could see it's so dreamy. Yeah, yeah. like it, it that that just like veils the rest <laughs> of my chaos of my mercurial like bleh, like nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> so like it, it it's this silly mutable dance that i feel is just constantly happening in my chart uh but you're I, like a kaleidoscope i am yeah, thank you i i i've used that before kaleidopop was my username for a long time uh no way yeah <laughs> that's so awesome <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my go-to for a long time but I I did want to bring you on here. I, I, we're, we will probably be talking about astrology and spirituality just like intermittently throughout this whole process. But there are some specific things I wanted to pick your brain about um, regarding streaming, regarding uh, video games, regarding uh, I, I at the end, I, I want to pick your brain about high femme and what that means to you. Uh, mm-hmm. And but I, I think I want to start with streaming with you because I that's how I found you. I found your stream one day. I believe it was through a mutual friend of ours named Gucky, uh, who's yeah. based and <laughs> hilarious, by the way. Shout out to Gucky. Uh, I think yeah. I think Gucky one day just uh, was like listing out a whole bunch of like usernames of like comfy streamers that they like and uh i i chose your name because it reminded me of dugsley we have the l-e-y yeah (laughs) (laughs) the camaraderie uh that happens there uh and uh i just i followed you and i waited until you streamed then you streamed and you had an adorable mechanical keyboard. You had, uh, <laughs> like, Sanrio all over your desk. You were drinking matcha. I was like, all right, we're kindred spirits. And, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and, I, just, and I just kept showing up uh, and, and lurking and then not lurking. And uh, I just wanted to ask you in particular, like, streaming, what, how is that for you? And especially as 
we we haven't really touched upon this yet, but like you're you're a sensitive soul, like I am. Like we're we're tender souls, and I I wanted to just kind of understand like how is how is that for you, including the sensitivities of just who you are. It's quite vulnerable being a streamer. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, those are. I know. I just threw a whole two. bunch at you. You know what? It's fine. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We're. 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 We're here. We're here. This is like a great uh, springboard. Um, one. I'm so glad that our paths crossed. I still will never forget. I think. I think Gucky had read it into you. Mm. Was the first stream of yours that I saw you were doing? You were like in the middle of a super long tarot stream, and um, I just like stayed there for like four hours or something while I was braiding my hair and. Mm. Yeah, I've pretty much been there ever since. I don't remember exactly when I followed you, but I know it's been almost a few years at least. Yeah, I think um, we're like at the two and a half year mark of us knowing each other, which is pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's wild. I love it. Um, um, yeah, and it, it's, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, I'll keep that in the back of my mind for a later <laughs> talking point. But um, how is streaming for me? Uh, it, I would say it's like a net positive. Um and I, I try not to add attach like value to the things that I do, but I, I feel like for streaming, I feel comfortable doing that because I feel that oftentimes in the streaming space, there can understandably be kind of a, a bitterness when people talk about different aspects of it, just because it's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of output, but like in every part of who we are as people and creators, but um, for me, it's really fulfilling, um, because I get to, you know, like I said, like I, I it gives me a platform to just never shut up, <laughs> <laughs> but also like share like things that I love and I'm passionate about and like be like show all of my different facets. Like I've previously felt like I had to kind of like just code switch for different spaces that I'm in. And I still have to do that to a certain extent. And I can like talk about that after i give the overview but i i feel like since i've streamed i felt the most authentic to myself as an overall person which is something that i never thought that i would feel as like a gemini stellium pisces like adjacent dominant person like you know neptune in the first i'm like you know it's it's very cloudy that sense of self um but I, I love that. I love the people that I've met. Like, I I feel like I've been able to explore life because of it. Um, like, I feel adventurous because, like you said, like, yeah, I'm incredibly sensitive. Um, <laughs> and I don't necessarily mean that in a positive all the time. Like, I can be, like, uh, boundaries are tough. Um, and as a creator, you know, that's really important. And um, I'll get more into that later, but overall it's been positive and it's been really rewarding, um, part of my life. And, um, I'm sure like many people, like we feel very different from how we were at the start of, you know, the pandemic, but I, I feel like that's a direct result of me just putting myself out there as a creator. Um, yeah. Wait, so yeah. When, when did you start streaming exactly? I started streaming in like the late summer, early fall of 2020. Oh, um, so you are a pandemic streamer. Yeah, but I've been on Twitch, I want to say since 2015 or 2016. Okay. Um, 
for Overwatch. <laughs> that's pretty much all I watch. Wait, and then I had that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah yeah so nimbly was my overwatch username mm-hmm. from when i played um on console like years and years ago and um uh it was derived from just me doing yoga for a long time i was like oh this sounds cute and relevant and like oh. hopefully easy to pronounce and like it's not i get kimberly canimberly and all the above and, you know that's fine that's fine, dogsley you know. uh yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Woof. Um, oh, nor. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, and I'd always wanted to try to stream because I would do like streams on Instagram when I was um, mm. like a like an artist in like a different lifetime. Like I, um, I did a lot of like radical like queer art with my friends and community uh-huh. and I would just like stream myself like it was so silly I've never talked about this on stream before actually so you're getting uh-huh. exclusive content on the the yeah. podcast <laughs> um but I uh am a part of like the rave culture like uh from like the San Francisco Bay Area and it's like very queer very trans very colorful very uh, like I said, like radical and creative and awesome. And um, I would indulge in the creative side of that just by like dancing to my friend's music on Instagram Live mm-hmm. on like an old account that I don't have anymore. And I was like, people kind of like watching me do stuff. Um, so uh, I was doing that for like off and on, like maybe two or three times a year. And um, this was right around when I learned what Twitch was had nothing to do with my life in real life, but I figured like, Oh, like people do this. Like I, and you know, this from like esports, but I always thought that you needed to have like a super like decked out rig to stream and Uh. like, it needed to be all fancy and stuff. So I was like, Oh yeah, maybe someday when I'm like rich. Um, (laughs) and I ended up, I think probably in 2017 or 2018, I saw that on my PlayStation, there was like a feature to stream onto Facebook. So I streamed, um, and this is before like Facebook gaming existed. It was just like, you could just do a live yeah. stream like from your PlayStation. And I would stream me and my friends like playing Drawful. <laughs> so, oh. uh, yeah, so we were just like, and there, there were people couldn't hear the microphone or anything of what you were doing, but I just remember having so much fun doing that, and like uh, my friends and family that would watch, like it was, it was bordering on like feral and unhinged because it's drawful, and yeah, be, like, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, like crossfaded <laughs> and stuff. Like, yeah, and, yeah, that's so but, silly. Uh, I love that. Yeah, um, but anyway, that's how I that's how I got started, and and, and like, you found I, your way onto Twitch eventually, and. Yeah. And uh what what did you start streaming with? Were you uh, just chatting or or video games I, of any kind? Games. Yeah. So cool. the, one of the first games that I streamed even though I was playing Overwatch regularly was uh Dark Souls. Um oh, because okay. like that was like one of my favorite games. But I think the first official game that I streamed was uh, a fresh playthrough of Dragon Age Inquisition because I thought like, oh, you know, this I I don't think I had a mic at the time that I w- plugged in cuz I didn't know how to do that on my PlayStation. <laughs> but um yeah, I was just streaming Dragon Age Inquisition and Dark Souls 1 
um and it was only like you know like everyone starts out it's like um well everyone before the big boom of streamers uh -huh. i feel like um you know it's just like your friends and family watching and uh one day i had a moment capital m and i think i just got paid from my job and i had been watching some animal crossing um new horizons creators um and i was like you know what? I have like a thousand hours in this game. I've just been fishing and not decorating. Like I kind of want to stream Animal Crossing. Um, so I just spontaneously bought an Elgato capture card at Target. Yeah. I did not, I think I like declined my bank account or something <laughs> to get it. Like, do not do that. If you're listening to this, do not do that. <laughs> um, but I think like in the first week, um, I came across, um, one of my really good friends, Mar, um, who uh, had a different username at the time that I met them, um, but they are friends with Gunky. Um, okay. And they raided me. So that's how I like met all of my community. Um, wow. Now, yeah, sometimes some like that raid. one raid just changes it all, you know? And all of a sudden you just got 20 new community members. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And, then that, and that's why raiding so cool. <laughs> and I should do it more. Yeah. It, 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 brings us together on something that's so especially nowadays so oversaturated that is twitch <laughs> so, such an oversaturated platform and it's there's so many people streaming and i think that like well oh wait another thing i just remembered right now is that you were you started off camless didn't you yes yeah I was and you, you evolved yeah. into uh, a, a cam streamer how has that been what what made you decide to do that because for those listening who don't know i've been historically camless forever and i think i might always will be question mark uh so I'm, I'm very curious about what your thought process and adventure was into using a camera um if there even it was sorry. one maybe you just decided to like a reason why i did yeah. i think um well well a big part of it is that i have um i guess like uh, well I'll just give a content warning for like a phobia that I have just mm. in case you don't have to include this. You can edit it out if it's not necessary, but I have, um, agoraphobia, which is like a fear of like unknown experiences or basically just a kind of like a fear of the unknown and mm. not liking surprises and stuff like that. And I think, um, for me, the way that that manifested was just having really, really, really bad social anxiety around, like, being perceived by people that I couldn't see. Um, and also just, like, having been on Twitch as long as I had been, I had seen a lot of really <laughs> intense things um, for from the streamers that I watch. And I figured, like, oh, you know, I'm, like, nobody watches my streams, like, especially, like, when I first started. But I still felt that, like, fear of, like... I don't know, being judged, I guess, um, because I think, and it, it could be very different for other people, but one thing for me that was, um, scary for, um, not being a faceless streamer is, um, just, I don't know, I guess I could be more detached from 
like my fears of other people if they didn't know what I looked like and it was just like my voice and they could focus more on the game and stuff that I was doing and like I felt like less on edge because like I'm autistic and it's like sometimes I forget to emote <laughs> so um like visual verbal not verbally but like my face like sometimes I'll just have really bad RBF and I was like oh I don't want people to think that I'm mad or uh -huh. like you know um and it, it was very it was very like nice but then I think um, I really like fashion and like, um, like decorating in, in my real life. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to like try to put myself out there. And I think right before I started streaming with a cam, um, I also haven't talked about this on stream. Um, I kind of went through, um, a lot of challenging things in my interpersonal relationships that had affected my self-esteem. So, I really chose streaming to kind of build myself back up again. And I felt like, all right, like people like hanging out with me. I'm just kind of doing, you know, just like essentially hanging out with folks. Like maybe I can try, put myself out of my comfort zone and like. Right. The stakes already felt pretty low because you were in a safe space that you yourself have curated. Exactly. Yeah. And I knew that the people that were there were like safe people um and it was we had so many shared things in common because like that's the thing that really makes me value my friendships that i've cultivated online is that um i don't feel like we always have that choice of community as easily in person just like even like geographically like i live somewhere where there are a lot of you know young like queer folks and stuff mm -hmm. but it's still it's not the same as like I can talk about like pretty much anything with like you and our mutual friends. Right. Like mm -hmm. I, I really like appreciated that. And I think I just was like, okay, this will be the next step. And this is just how I felt personally. I don't think that this mm -hmm. needs to apply to anyone else. But for me, I was like, okay, well, if I can just like put myself out there, like visually, maybe people will be able to connect with me more. Cause I'll be able to like see the person behind mm -hmm. the, the, voice i guess um yeah so i ended up doing that I, I and i think that's a common thought because like i i think that in, camless streamers are more rare than ever uh yeah especially with vtubing because i think a lot of people who just choose to be camless just choose to vtube instead uh which i yeah. think is a totally other different category from faceless streaming it's its own <laughs> uh uh a monster affectionate like yeah, it's it's just something completely different uh but yeah like it, it's interesting to hear that because like I, I i just uttered the words like i don't know if i'll ever use camera but it has been something that's been on my mind more uh often lately because it's exactly like you said i, I want to connect on not even like a deeper level but like on a new level like mm -hmm. something that i've just never tried before with stream <laughs> like uh and i think that's very brave that you decided to take that leap but i also think it was very wise that you took that leap in that community because uh i can say firsthand being a part of your community and observing your community over so many years that it, it's a deeply deeply safe and radical space to be in and uh i think that with the baby steps you've taken to become the streamer and entertainer and uh i guess for lack of a better term like content creator <laughs> that you are today like yeah. it, it it's uh i think it's all been culminating at this really 
Mm, like gent, I, I feel gentle pace. I in in some ways, I I could be wrong. <laughs> you could be like blown over by how fast you've grown. Uh, which I I do think you had like a magical spurt somewhere in there that was just obviously aligned with like you and you just like showing up more and taking streaming more seriously. Uh, and yeah. I and I guess that leads me to the next question, which is like, it is w- would you want streaming to be how how hmm, how do I word this? <laughs> like, how how deep are you into streaming right now, and how much longer? I know this is such an amalgus question. Uh, do you want to keep pursuing this? Do you have like any like goals in mind for streaming that you want to hit, or is it like you're just you're here for the ride right now? You're enjoying yourself. Hmm. Um. God, that is such a. That is such a good question. Um, so for me, I really feel like I kind of am just starting because sure. I even even though I started streaming at the end of August in 2020. Is it August? I can't remember. No, we're in the end of August. I'm tired. <laughs> so I started streaming and I think it was the very end of September, early October in 2020 um i took a pretty long hiatus after i did my um face reveal actually because i that was kind of overwhelming i think if i could go back to my past self i would say you can you can take a few more baby steps like if you decide (laughs) you don't want to do cam like you don't have to go from zero to 100 um and uh so i took like a four month break and then i came back and streamed for a little bit and took another break and then so I, I personally feel like I've, it's been like a, about a year and a half that I've been streaming regularly mm-hmm. and where it felt like it switched from being something that I did that was fulfilling in a, I don't want to say in a general sense, but it was something that brought me a lot of fulfillment just like as a gamer and a creator. So shifting to where I was more of like a, and only by my own understanding of it like I think that anyone that creates content is a content creator but where it was like it went from me being a streamer that's vibing with my friends to like oh this is like my job now yeah my career yeah you know what I mean like that that had that's a lot more um of a new development for me so that's been under a year so I I still feel very much like it's just beginning for me and I've been spending you know like I've been spending a lot of time in the since this the last few retrogrades that we've I don't know I think we have like (laughs) five planets in retrograde yeah oh it's Um, retrograde season for sure (laughs) um I've been trying to trim back on the different ways that I've branched out and really tailored down to it's it's almost like I'm returning to source like where I when I first started streaming I was doing it to essentially showcase myself and like the things that I enjoyed and then I kind of branched off into like all the different things that I enjoyed doing on stream and then we like kind of uh what is the thing called funnel funnel mm-hmm. bottleneck bottleneck mm-hmm. into like uh lore keeping which is still very much like a core part of who i am i think i'm like releasing that bottleneck and returning back to like me as like nimbly like a, a person and that's felt really <laughs> nice because like we were talking about it before like what's that like being sensitive but um 
Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question, too. Okay. Like, just, like, sensitive streaming and, like, navigating that space. Yeah. Feel, feel free to keep going. I just thought I'd let you know that. I'm very curious about that. Yeah. And I, I can actually just, like, let you ask uh, your question and then, uh, you know, like. I mean, uh, it's it. it's exactly that. Like, I'm just, I'm so curious about, like, because uh, I guess for those listening, like, uh, Nimbly and I were both spoonies. I believe we both have, like, chronic illnesses that flare up yeah. and we just need a time you know to uh heal usually and uh i know how first of all on a very mundane scale that can be damaging to a stream because like you say you're gonna stream uh the the proverbial you not you in particular but like us i guess we we say we're gonna stream and then it's like oh shit like i can't like i can't today and it's a and it, it sucks but then like also the the sensitivity of like just being a spoonie in general and just like I guess being just like a, a highly sensitive person on top of that, navigating streaming. And you mentioned earlier, like uh, struggling with boundaries and stuff. I don't know. I just, it's not really, it's not even like a question. It's just sort of like, let, let's talk about that. I'm very curious yeah. to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So, um, so the the first part of that, and I think this is just like a part of my lore, you had mentioned something about um, there being, I can't remember how you worded it exactly, but something along the lines of like my community kind of experiencing like a bloom and mm. like if that has, like, I can't remember how you worded it, but something about the community growing and that, that happened right. kind of dramatic for me I want to say in the fall of 2021 so as I mentioned earlier in that year I took like several months of a hiatus just to focus on my mental and personal things and then when I came back I I was pretty much just trying to get myself used to being perceived by people mm-hmm. and just trying to be consistent with that in a way that felt good to me and just finding a sense of structure because we, by that point we had been a little over a year into the pandemic. And I I think that was for myself, like a period when I was trying to find some sense of really control in my life and um, in a way that felt happy, I guess, like that's the, the like Taurus moon in me that, you know, wants to have that, those pleasurable, stable experiences, but also the like Capricorn in me that's like, no, we need to like get this in line. So, um, (laughs) so, uh, that was, um, oh God. Oh oh no. Why was I talking? Oh, so, uh, so yeah. So I, I had some sense of structure over the summer and I was pretty much just focusing on like studying and like doing art and stuff. And, um, and then we were going to get uh, an update for Animal Crossing. So that was really fun to lead up to. And that was one of the first times, Dukes, where I like really put myself out there. Like one of my friends, um, Mary, Mary Dearest Online. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, her Hello, friend. Mary. Hi, Mary. <laughs> yeah, Mary, we love you. Um, and her friend who I think has been on an extended hiatus, but um, was Isle of Michelle, really, really amazing Animal Crossing creators. They were putting on a panel with um, some of their friends and some uh, pretty established creators in that space. And I was like, you know what? Like, I've been pretty much in rec- reclusive, like hermit mode for a while. Like, and, you know, I'm just going to see if I can talk to some folks in the space and just like just put myself out there like I you know like I had done community work before and I was like I knew that I could take up space in a way that felt good but I'd never done it in a creative 
way, like just as like an individual thing, not as a part of like a larger organization. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And it was so fun, dude. It was like I met some amazing people, like someone who's like a really, really dear friend of mine now, Men, Men's Live. I'm sure you've heard me mm, mention yes, stream. Yes, yes, yes. But we met through that panel um, and it was around that time like I don't know I think it was like lightning struck me where I was like god like this is so nice like I came out of like a really kind of sad and isolated space and like I kind of like rose like a phoenix from the ashes but it was more like a hummingbird because oh. you know <laughs> um and you know and I was just like oh heck yeah like you know I'm making some friends I'm like playing Animal Crossing like I feel like inspired because I think I had gotten some editing software and like I don't, I don't know, like something about that period. And I, I actually have been wanting to go back and look at my transits during that time because I've been really into yeah. transits. But there's something about that time that just felt so, and I hate to use the word pure because that kind of implies that other parts of my life have been impure, but maybe like just unadulterated like joy and creativity yeah. was like what I felt during that period. And like I like I said, met some wonderful people and some of the folks that I had come in contact with, um, were like larger creators that you know they would kind of get a sense of my vibe and be like oh this person seems pretty chill but that would that was happening a lot more with folks so I went from like just my regular community members being a part of streams and we're having fun to like that double and tripling over the course of like a month and a half which it wasn't like I was in Oof. any like large viewership necessarily but you know what that's like when you get like a big raid and it's like uh this is a lot more energy than oh, i yeah. used to so like even if no um, one's talking just knowing that you got like the extra hundred eyes on you it's like oof. yeah um and i think i felt like i had to match my energy to that too because i think my natural state is being you know, like kind of what you and I are talking right now. Like I, I'm very like goofy and chaotic and feral, right? But it's kind of like the volumes turned down a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, and, and then I had some like I'm trying to like TLDR this, but I'm a Tolkien enjoyer, and I I just I please yeah, the floor is yours. Starts. I'm I'm okay. I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm ready to um, hear it all. Yeah. Um, and again, this is something I haven't really talked about in like a more public space. So this feels like a very good, like, um, I feel safe sharing this too, by the way, just like okay. a, to preface that. Um, okay. But just, I guess I feel comfortable being more vulnerable about that side of content creation, being like a sensitive streamer. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it was a lot of new energy and not all of the energy that was occupying the space was beneficial like there were definitely some instances where I could have had better boundaries with folks that had come in and mm -hmm. um, I internalized a lot of that because there was so much good happening around me there was so much fun and like I had started Zelda around that time and like mm -hmm. I had taken my first vacation from work ever and like I was just focusing on co content and like I don't know it was a it was a beautiful time for me like um with streaming because in my my personal life I had a lot of very difficult things going on so it was almost like it was an escape that was not um self-sabotaging right. which it is wasn't like detrimental a, you know um because like having Neptune in the first house like we do have our our <laughs> vices when it comes to escapism yes, um yes and uh 
yeah, so, so that is something that I have learned to really trust my intuition with folks, like, because it's always yelling at me when things feel off and I, I really try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but as you grow as a creator, no matter what size you are, like even if you went from one person watching you to five, like you have to be very mindful of how you feel when you're streaming or posting online, like any way that you do it. Like I, I really wish that I had been more firm with those boundaries from the get-go because it, it almost yes. seeps into this like not that you can ever like you, I feel like boundaries are fluid things like you can mm -hmm. put them up and or you know remove them or whatever but I really feel like it is more challenging for sensitive folks to put those boundaries up once there's been like yeah, a connection established yeah exactly I, I totally agree with that and I think that's what leads to a lot of downfalls of of these sensitive streamers is exactly that is it, it it starts off with like the chatter that's like you know kind of pushing boundaries but they're not breaking any rules right yeah. and you're just getting like a weird vibe but like it's not i don't know a bunch of people come in and out of chat every day and then they come back mm -hmm. the next stream and it's like okay like maybe i'll just drop something in like the mod notes i don't know and then and then eventually like two months three months pass and they're like a regular in your community and you're like oh yeah this isn't a good fit. <laughs> like, like yeah. this, the, the, the vibes are just not vibing, you know? So, and, and I think that eventually that just takes over a lot of people's streams and then they don't want to show up anymore because yeah. they know that these, uh, and it's crazy how like one to five individuals can overtake the joy and the love of like the other hundred. Uh, yeah. And like how quickly that just snowballs into being uh, just something so uh in theory like or in and not in theory just like it feels unsolvable when really the yeah. reaction is just like just ban them it's your it's your space or whatever like uh that's my that's my solution maybe a no, little tyrannical a solution yeah. <laughs> not like, not at all <laughs> like but i i all that to say like i get it and i uh, i think that that's been uh hard for me as as a sensitive streamer too i pff, streaming <laughs> that definitely taught me my boundaries i had to learn yeah. that real quick because if not i just would have let any old joe schmo in just to and and especially like uh i i personally like i i do a lot of tarot streaming but i started as like competitive gaming so like <laughs> mm. there's just a you know a bunch of just like immediate judgment coming into streams and stuff you got had to shut that down real quick. But what I wanted to ask you too is, so what What are some of the things that make streaming easier for you while sensitive? Is there any, uh, I don't know, like rituals you do or like mm. uh, uh, any, any like, just what, what do you do to make streaming as soothing and as uh, uh, empowering as possible in, in spite of this this sensitive spirit which is of course both a pro and a con in different parts and different stages that is such a great question um i, th I feel like i have quite a few but very simple things mm -hmm. because if i if i did anything more complicated i just wouldn't be able to do it and then i would not be protected and that's not good right um but the one thing that i i really love that's kind of like a practical magic um, 
is that there are some indigenous witches in my neighborhood. I regretfully do not remember the name mm -hmm. of their collective. I'll, I'll send that to you. Um, okay, sure. At some point, just like if if anyone's curious, but um, they made um, uh, it's like a I'm pretty sure it's uh oh yeah agua de Florida like a uh, Florida water. Um, oh yes. Uh, and it is potent. <laughs> it is potent. Um, so I usually anoint myself with that before I go live in my space, like, and I try to do that. Um, I did not bring it with me on my trip. So, like, thankfully, I have other things that I can use. But that stuff has helped me so much because um, my desk is, I, I see it kind of as like an altar because that's where I create. And me I don't too. always take the yeah. best care of it, you know, like it's like my gamer chair. But that's like <laughs> one way that I can make sure that the energy is at least neutral as much as possible um before i get on and if if nothing else it just helps to like ground me before i go because it's so fragrant right. it just, Dude, it's, it's oh it's so good that's so i i i could use some real like authentic florida water i've, I've smelled my friends uh they're, they're indigenous as well and they brought their florida water water once to um i used to work at a crystal shop to like an event there and i was like mm. okay this is some real ass florida water this is <laughs> this smells it's awesome intense, yeah. i love it yeah. um yeah. yeah and man i kneel to that too just like i i love you talking about the desk being an altar i feel the same exact way about my desk it's i have many altars i've i've realized uh <laughs> over the years like i i have an altar by the door where i leave where i keep my keys and like you yeah. know that's my safe travels altar you know like without them yeah. really being altars and and visualizing the computer desk where we uh i at least i'll speak for myself but i think we're both like computers we like technology we like to be here we like to play games we we spend mm -hmm. a lot of our life here in my squeaky ass chair in my uh like like fucked up little like hand-me-down area but it's so sacred because this is where mm -hmm. all of our best work is done you know it, it, it's so powerful and i love that and uh, I think that something that is so new, I think, to just, like, the streaming space is, like, little, like, almost, like, witchy streaming mm -hmm. tips like that, like, using Florida water. And uh, something that I've discussed with other people is, like, some people put sigils on their overlays and put the, the, the opacity to zero. And so, like, sometimes, oh. isn't that cool? And, and they'll, yeah. like, make, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really bad at talking today. I'm just going to make, like, a quick communication sigil and, and hide it on my overlay. Or, like, you know, I, I, I'm really sensitive and I don't want any trolls, so I'm going to do an anti-troll yeah. sigil. And I, I think that's so cool. Tech that's witchery. so cool. Uh, yeah, we're in the future. I know. The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> the future is um, now. Wait, that is so awesome. I'll need to figure that. I haven't done much work with with sigils but i'm sure i could find something that is um me neither um, i just use applicable. Yeah. i just use a gif of like an angry pikachu if i don't want <laughs> trolls to show up that's a sigil right <laughs> that's you what know? i'm thinking yeah, like a, yeah. the, the geo cities gifts gotta be an old school sigil i think oh yeah uh <laughs> But I, I also wanted to talk to you. You you touched upon this, and my my interest is piqued about how you want to sort of sort of start stepping away from the Lord Keeper title. And I guess 
I'll also take this moment to say the reason why I, I was inspired to bring you on was because of our joined appreciation and love for Zelda. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I was on your podcast, the the Ethereal Femme, uh, and a colon Lorekeeper <laughs> podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and and we got to talk about uh, the joys of and the magic of Zelda there. And uh, I I guess I just wanted to ask, like, first of all, since this is following up my Zelda episode of the podcast, uh, I'd love to talk to you about Tears of the Kingdom for a little bit, but oh also, God, yeah. <laughs> but also about um, what, yeah, what what's making you? Are you, do you just want to be more loose, not really be tied into lore keeping? You know what I mean? Is that just kind of the influence there? Stepping away. So. So yeah, I'm I'm actually glad that you mentioned that because I I think I maybe misspoke because I think it's more like integrating more parts of myself um outside of stream. So I guess how how can I say this? So I'm definitely going to still always be a lore keeper. Um I think that I am compartmentalizing like where I'm doing that online more so there will be certain spaces that I'm online where that's like all that I focus on but in other parts online like you know like on Instagram and other places where I'm sharing more of myself outside of the content that I create that will be more like generalized so it's almost like very like Gemini coded right like we have the twins so there's like the (laughs) lore keeper twin and then there's the like everything else twin um and um, I think, I think even when I introduced myself today, I, I said my, I was your hyphen comforting friend and lore keeper. I think in this, my question is kind of like a, a roller coaster ride or my answer, sorry, not my question. My, my answer to your question <laughs> is a roller coaster ride. So, uh, in talking about like boundary work, I think when I first started streaming, I thought a lot about like my my branding even before I knew I was going to be doing this but just because I worked in design for so many years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and I pretty much have had this the your hyphen comforting friend tagline like since I started in 2020 and I think that just given the experiences I've had with and I really am sure that everyone that's a content creator is tired of hearing this phrase parasocial. But <laughs> I think that just given just a few experiences that I've had in the last few years, I I think that I feel comfortable just kind of gradually stepping away from calling myself people's like friend in a general sense even yes. though i in my heart i do feel that dudes like it's bad i <laughs> i i shouldn't want to be everyone's friend but i'm of the aquarian generation you know what i, I mean get like, it, it know, hurts like, me too like i yeah. i too have suffered from parasocial relationships and like i uh, i've had to coach people and being like uh like like you know i'd have friends come to me and be like oh man like my my community like puts me on a pedestal and this and that yeah. and like and and I'm like well I I was like I I guess like the first place to start is like it, it's hard and it's it is really hard because I was like uh, maybe you should stop telling your viewers you love them 
You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, like those types of boundaries. And it's so difficult because love comes in many forms. Friendships come in many forms. Right. But then if you just say the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong set of ears, they're just going to hold on to it and run away with it. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, Nimbley's my friend. Oh, my gosh. Like, Dukesley loves me. Like, and it's like, yeah, but no, like there's nuance. and, And unfortunately, we can't rely upon individuals to understand the nuance. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from, stepping away from the verbiage of friend. But I also understand the conflict of that because we we are bleeding hearts. We want to, we, we connect on uh, soul levels with people when yeah. we stream. You know, I, I think that's just what we do. And we can just like see and peer deeply into chat sometimes and just see a bunch of humans living their own lives, looking back at us. And it's like, where where does the line begin and end? I don't, I think that's, God, <laughs> the I question so often. I don't know either, true. That's also like, true. <laughs> it's like, it's, and it's it's tough because like, I feel like, you know, you said we we're bleeding hearts and it, it was something I struggled with, like identity wise. It's just like, how do I, like the thing that brings me the fulfillment is the fact that I'm able to connect and have like a positive impact on folks. And the way that I'm able to do that is just by having that kind of universal love and Mm -hmm. joy and fun with people. And I think that's, I think that's like a proverbial like Gemini problem to be honest with you. I think that's (laughs) how we get a bad rep. It's because when we say love, we mean it in like the purest sense. Right. But like depending on the ears, it can be a totally different definition. So, um, I feel like Aquarius is better at doing that in a detached way. I think Gemini is just so like, 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 you know, we're we're flittering. We are. And and here's the thing too, like, like we love deeply, but then we're also able to sort of disconnect and continue our day holding on to the love subconsciously, subtly, uh, like, like, but it's felt deep in that moment, but we're able to sort of like, you know, share that love so equally. And then other signs, they're like, oh my God, they love me. And they hold on right. to that. Right. Like this <laughs> is, like, oh my God. I'm looking at you, Scorpio placements. <laughs> with like, love. please. Yeah. <laughs> Why does this like, feel so good? Like, <laughs> right. Just like, I must, I must, oh, um, but I, 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 a part of me like does really love that communal, like love and experience, but the reason I even brought that up was like you were asking me about like how I identify like with like my taglines oh. and like with lore keeping and and all of that. And I absolutely want to talk about Tears of the Kingdom because I haven't been able to talk to anyone about it because some, some of the people that I'm close with haven't finished the dang game. They should play it at their own pace, but also they knew that I was going to finish this game a hundred plus days ago. So that, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I. I I feel very good about this restructuring of self just through language. Um, and because, I don't know, I, I think that it's been one of the things that's been steadfast for me as a creator. And it feels really empowering to be like, no, I can still be who I am on a fundamental level, but just have that boundary where I don't make like, an announcement about it necessarily, but just like, you know, here's me as like your lore keeper. Like I'm still high fem. I'm just not a source of potential yeah. parasocial <laughs> attachment. Please. <laughs> yeah. 
please. Like, because it's like, I don't, I'm going to want to feel that connectedness. And this is more for, for you than for me. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, and, and, and what these individuals also have to understand that, that are parasocial is that, like, if you actually want to be their friend, you would be making the effort to reach out. Or if yeah. they have, if they want to make the effort, they can. But, like, it's like, you got to, like, vibe you know like yeah. the, the vibe's got to be there you know yeah. and, and it's just not uh love works in many many different ways and is is operated on many different levels and when and where we live in a we live in a society that is just like so much love equals romantic or love equals like best friend you know yeah. it's like it's like no there's there's other levels of love like i i i love the uh, like the cute little old lady that I helped pick up her bread today, you know, and uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, you're so sweet. Like my heart, yeah. my, my, my heart goes out to you. Like there's some, some sort of love that I set that way, you know, but it's not, all love is not created the same. And, uh, it, it's definitely hard traversing a space where we interact with so many people that, um, one are desperate for love. I, I, I don't think yeah. <laughs> it sounds like I'm making fun of gamers saying that, but like, I just think that's, a, a thing that's happening worldwide is just like people really, really, really treasuring and desiring that type of connection. Um, yeah. And it's like, you can, unfortunately, you're not going to get that with Strimmer, but <laughs> you'll get a whole bunch of other things. Right. Like so many cool the things. Community yeah. like things like that. Yeah. And I, you said something about uh, that really stuck out to me. I just can't remember how you worded it, but it was making me think of um, just like, how I wanted to continue being connected with folks, but just in a way that um, just felt safe for everyone involved, yeah. which um, is to say, like, I always feel grateful for the inner activity that I have with folks because like yeah like if I had it my way I could just continue as I was before and like people will just understand where I'm coming from but because I can't guarantee that and I also just want everyone to be able to practice that boundary work even outside of stream like I feel like it's a good um skill to have is just like understanding when you are the parasocial person on on either end of that right mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i feel like you know that can be the case with like colleagues and stuff even outside yeah. of the internet like um and i really like i i it hasn't been as much just because i've been enjoying just kind of being like goofy on stream lately which just felt nice but like just in talking about like boundary setting and like affirming yourself and like you know all those mm -hmm. like power words um that w the sensitive bbs need um <laughs> It's just it just felt good for myself to feel very like grounded in that like no it's okay for me to do this it doesn't mean that I'm some big like jerk and no. like, I don't care about <laughs> the people no. that have supported me it's just like I need to retreat and, and oh that's what it was you had this was a few minutes ago you mentioned this but just like how do I protect myself or like prepare for stream of the sensitive soul this is something that is not good to do i i want to like preface that but i just don't really hang out with people outside of stream or their streams so i spend a lot of time to myself to just like recharge and not even just in a, like an introverted sense but just like in like a mental and spiritual sense because i feel like i pick up so much Oof, yes um oh like, that's so true like i would 
post stream, I'm grounding, grounding, grounding. Like I'm, you'll see me like hands and knees in the dirt in the backyard, like just like pouring energy into the earth. I like, I interacted with like 50 people today, which is just like, like in the grand scheme of things, just think of like 50 individuals like coming in, saying hello or staying the whole time with me. Even if they're awesome, it's just like, I picked up a whole lot of energy today. Yeah. That's not mine. Uh, and especially because, uh, like, uh, doing tarot, which is what I do on yeah. stream, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm shuffling energy around the whole time, and I'm just like, Gaia, take this. Like, I, I can't carry this, or else I'm gonna uh, burn out or something. So I totally understand that. Like, just uh, not wanting to, or, or maybe more so from what I was about to say, uh, making prioritizing your recharge before like jumping back into the fray of just like people 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 uh because streaming is very just socially draining (laughs) in the best ways but draining nonetheless yeah like i i think that it's really important like especially for like more more sensitive folks because there's a part of me that thinks that everyone has like a baseline of sensitivity right like i don't think that i'm like you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't think that I'm special in any sense or, you know, in, in that sense, but I I do know that like in relation to folks that I'm close with that don't need as much recharge time, like I, when I don't take that, I just feel awful. And it, it could be a combination of just picking up on that energy from folks. And also just like, it's a lot to, you know, interact with people and like, I enjoy, you know, the lore of my friends and community members, like, you know, remembering like things that are important to Uh them in their day to day lives. Like that's, that's a lot of energy. And thankfully I'd worked in food service for many years before I started streaming. So I was kind of used to those exchanges and Mm, with, with folks. um, And that's something that I really enjoy. Um, I guess as, uh, as my partner says just like shooting the shit with people like i i enjoy that i i genuinely do especially like being a homebody like you know that's my yeah that's like my let's talk about the weather like yeah, yeah <laughs> let's no, talk seriously. about like wow like ooh, that perfect like what's that smell it smells great like i i'm down to talk about anything anywhere i totally agree with that like and, and streaming's so good for that uh like just that little those little moments but like it also when when you're streaming upwards of like five, six, seven, eight hours, like yeah. it's like that this conversation happens like twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred times, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> exactly, uh, it's Your so brain rewarding. Is just tired, yeah, yeah, and like like we're Gemini, so we love it intrinsically, but it's just like we're also spoonies, so yes. <laughs> we, we we have a shutdown point, and and it's just like okay, I gotta. I got to give this to the earth. And I, I, I want to ask you, too, um, because you live in a concrete jungle. Yeah. Uh, like, that's 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 wild to think about, too. Just because uh, do you with um, this career, I feel, with streaming, uh, nature is more important than. Oh, yeah. Anything in my in my opinion. That's that's what I always try to push for, like, streamers like unironically touching grass like yes. and, and hugging grass trees. exactly yeah. just laying in it being one with the moss being one with the dirt like uh how do you do you try to get like nature time i i guess i've never i've never lived in a city before so i'm just so curious about like how how do you get that recharge 
Yeah. So, uh, so I don't. <laughs> I uh-huh. feel both of the wild. Oh, no. um, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, I I I should do it more. I, I tried. So so this is the thing. This was part of my. And when thinking about how I'm going to be as a creator, since I like I said, I feel that I'm I'm at the start of that that hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did slip into some I, problematic. Is not the right word, but I, I I slipped into habits as a creator that were not helping me as a person, but they were helping me as a creator if that makes sense so I was you know just essentially working myself to the bone and you already shouldn't do that in general but especially as like a spoonie like you know how hard it is to come out of that and I I don't feel that I ever got burnout in content like that always felt rewarding but my physical and like spiritual vessel like got pretty tired and I know that that's because I just didn't get out into nature so basically what I've been doing is just physically leaving my place so I've been traveling a lot more Mm -hmm. um to like upstate New York um and just getting to where I don't have like cell service which is lovely Mm -hmm. um and I've just been researching like parks and stuff like I've been playing Pokemon Go because like you have to go out and do that um i one thing that i really love and it's you know part of my namesake is doing like yoga and body movement work mm. um that's something that i have had a really hard time getting back into just because my body's been tired so late mm. as of late i've been going out in nature i've been touching grass and just resting like that's that's mm. what i've been doing because i think i almost have to like teach my body how to release by just resting first so it's like you know when your pokemon faints like you can't like use a potion on them like you have to revive them first like i'm being revived um, <laughs> right now like yeah 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 finding that balance is like so delicate especially yeah. like when you don't like i I'm, I'm very fortunate where i'm in the middle of the forest and i can just kind of wander in and uh disperse my energy and kind of flail around and I just get a bunch of trees waving back, you know. And <laughs> I will say I am really lucky that I live within like 10 or 15 minutes from like a bunch of redwood forests um, wow. where where I live. Um, it's like a 15 minute bus ride. And, they, you know, it's just like in the mountains. And it's 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 weird. I'm, I'm very lucky that where the city that I live in, uh, it's called Oakland. So it's like the namesake is for oak trees, but it's oh. got redwood forests and like beautiful like mountains and like hilltops and stuff like that but i just don't leave my apartment normally so i need to start doing that so what one thing i've been doing while i've been in new york is um there's like a few different apps that allow you to essentially play breath of the wild in real life so there's one that's called um seek it's like an offshoot of iNaturalist so you can basically have like a compendium for like fa- fauna and flora no so way. when you got on high yeah you would oh dukesley you would freaking love it so i you use like, iNaturalist so this oh is... yeah yeah so you know it yeah yeah oh, oh. yeah so it's like a partner program with them um I and you're actually helping scientists um with the stuff that you find so Real that's shit. something that I, yeah 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 so cool um so i've been i've been using that to just try to motivate myself to go out more because that's the main thing it's just like i i make excuses 
Um, so I am downloading that immediately. Yeah, that's awesome. I I've been so deep into um like plant and mushroom and animal and tree identification lately. That's how that's actually. So that, that's a mirror to me. I have been, that is how I've been getting outside more. Uh, oh, yeah. I, every day I try to find something new in my yard and there's always something new. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I love it. I love it. I just, uh, connecting directly with the nature that surrounds you is just like, God, so healing. So much more healing. Like it, it is great to just go outside and like touch a tree and uh, like be like, wow, it's beautiful. But then like understand like, wow, this is like an oak. And right. like, that that this produces that and this like this tree must be this much old like I don't know I think that's so fun to just like personally know and learn about the nature that surrounds you I love that but I, well, I yeah you especially go, like when you think about like trees specifically like um I feel how do we say this like i I think i learned this recently and people can fact check me on this but trees like communicate through their roots very similar to how it is in lord of the rings but it like it just made it i don't know it's almost like they have their own internet right but they only are able to connect like through rooting themselves into the earth so like that's Mm -hmm. like something that like motivates me on like a spiritual level to just step away from my screen um because i do feel somewhat codependent on it because like as a spoonie like sometimes i just don't have the energy to go out and see my friends or things like that or just even you know go out for a cup of coffee but um it the more i connect with nature the more like I almost feel like like nature is like technological in a way and I don't mean that in like a mechanical sense but just like the way that everything influences each other like like you trees and plants are right. the influencers of the world like, no? <laughs> they're actually the trendsetters no but it's actually so true though because I so this is just such such a funny serendipity because I have been deep in nature books lately uh, mm-hmm. and like that that has been my focus of study lately my my Gemini hyper focus academia and I am specifically deep in mushrooms and mycology mm-hmm. and I just think they're so out they're, they're the alchemists of the world they transform death into life I don't know I think that's the coolest thing ever and they mm-hmm. Uh, what what you're describing is something that was described in the book that I was just reading. Uh, they call it the Wood Wide Web, and <laughs> what what it is is that uh, up until like the 1970s, wow. <laughs> I'm getting, hold on, I'm getting dates out. Uh, (laughs) Up until like that point, we all assumed that every single tree in the forest and every single plant was in competition with each other. But then they were like, hold up, what are these tiny microscopic things coming off of the trees? And it turns out that's mycelium. And uh, which is just like giant highways of mushrooms, like or fungi, I guess, underneath the earth, underneath the soil that spans for miles and miles and miles. And it connects huge amounts of trees and nature together. So there's like huge communities of trees that are constantly in communication with each other. And they make decisions like, oh, tree A looks sick. Tree B, mm-hmm. you send some of your energy to tree A. Like, it's truly amazing stuff that's happening beneath our feet. And reading that, it's like, it's so, it, it, of course, like, 
Western science first assumed that everyone was in competition. <laughs> and then it turns out beneath us all was actually this, uh, uh, everything's working together to to help everything and everyone survive. And it gives me hope, I think, that <laughs> us humans can learn from this this mushroom magic that's just like hiding underneath us at all times and that's why like and it's so interesting what you mentioned like the how you know there's like a network in front of us online and then there's also this network outside between all of these trees and bushes and flowers and i'm like constantly what's the name of the book (laughs) i have to know (laughs) good question uh it is entangled life by merlin sheldrake do you know cosmo sheldrake i don't okay i was wondering because we we also have similar taste in music uh that's a musician that i like but uh cosmo and merlin sheldrake are siblings so i thought i'd make that oh that's so cool okay i'll definitely have to check their music out because you know i love music yes um that moon train neptune in my chart i'm like that is like how i love connecting with people (laughs) through music um Um, but yeah, no, I, I really feel like what we talked about earlier was just like how looking at the full moon made me feel grounded, even though it's like this thing that's way, way, way far away. Mm -hmm. Like just thinking about what you just said with like trees and their interconnectivity and community, like, it's like, we really have all the answers already. We just have to tap in, tap in. And that can be as literal or figurative if people as people want to take it for me. It's been a little bit of both. It's like I've needed to like tap in with folks in my community. So that's why I was so happy when you wanted to chat because I do tend to become a little bit of a recluse when I'm tired. Mm. And that's fine for a point. But like, you know, we, we can't just shut ourselves off even. I feel like on a surface level, people usually can't tell. And sometimes I'm not even doing it because my head is in a weird space. It's just, I'm I'm a little bit of a loner. I love community. I genuinely love people, but I also just I'm like a I'm like a I'm like a house cat. I'm just like I'm just I'm gonna go over here. I don't want pets right now. Like just me too. <laughs> you know, I, like, I totally relate to that. Yeah. Like I'm I I was I'm an only child. So like I just I've always taken on this like lone wolf thing. <laughs> yeah. This, it's just like all I've known. Uh and not like in a derogatory way. It's just like I I'm perfectly happy being by myself and sometimes I'm by myself a little too long. <laughs> and, yeah. We're just and like, like Link. <gasps> my god you're right that is the perfect segue into what i want to talk with you next about actually because um i i want to hmm where should i even begin with this i want to talk to you about tears of the kingdom that's still that's still in my brain but i i want to talk to you about you starting breath of the wild and not only starting there but then going backwards through the legend of zelda's like uh games and going to Ocarina of Time and doing Twilight mm. Princess and I I grew up on Zelda. So like I'm partially curious about like just what that's been like going backwards through the games, just like as a gamer POV, but also just your adventure with Zelda in general, what it's taught you and like what what is so what's so special about it to you. Once again, I just threw sixty different things at you. It's so okay. Crazy. Like it, it. I think it really just helps me to. I. I, I think having, it's almost like you're giving me like a, like um, trans. Not a transcript. What is that called? It's like a, an overview. 
Yeah. I don't know. There's I, like I a term it. for it in writing, but I can't think of right now. A summary? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like how to, so I, I won't, I won't do the chron chronological side of it because I feel like that's a little less interesting. I think that that's how I've historically talked about my experience with Zelda. And I think mm. because I'm talking to you, I, I kind of want to just talk about it in a more like philosophical sure. yeah. sense. Um, and you know, it, it, it'll, I'll try to be as coherent as possible. <laughs> like, sure. I don't want to sound like a, like a, <laughs> okay. Um, I should not worry about that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, hmm. so I, I will, this will be the one bit of chrono chronological like lore that I'll, I'll give is that sure. I didn't really grow up with Zelda games. So I'm on like the other end of that spectrum. However, I did play like maybe about an hour of Ocarina growing up. Um, just when I would go to my cousin's house because he had it, I didn't really play any of the story. I just held the controller because I think I was like three or four. I can't remember exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and I played the hand one of the handheld like Game Boy Zelda games. I think that might have been Zelda Two. I can't remember exactly which one he okay. had. Um, and then. So that would have been in the 90s. And then we'd like time skip to 2020. So this would have been March of 2020, like right before the lockdown. I rented Shadow of the Colossus and Breath of the Wild for my public library. Um, and That's another excellent I, game. Oh, it's so good. It's like one of my favorite games. And I'll talk about why once we get into the... Uh, second part of the story um and uh i i played breath of the wild for like i don't know i think i got out of the cha the chamber and then i dropped down to where the stone talus is because i i had played you know shadow of the colossus fairly recently and i was like clearly this is where i'm supposed to go not to the right because for some reason i didn't see the path on the right i just was like oh i have stamina i can climb on things i should just jump down um and uh yeah i got i got wrecked because it's not like shadow of the colossus <laughs> where you can like solve a puzzle essentially to defeat the boss you just have to like be strong um, fast yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um which like felt very i was like oh this is kind of like dark souls except it's not in this game freaking stinks and it's horrible it's horrible and i like <laughs> took it back to the library and i was like Wait, that's awesome. i'm never playing this again and like i remember Wait. when i started streaming yeah i've never talked about this on stream <laughs> i just I, I feel like i would just just like just get blocked that's by everyone so that i know funny. um yeah it's like this game sucks and i remember when i started streaming all my friends you know they're like wonderful wonderful like um lifelong nintendo enjoyers and i just would always like avoid when they were asking me like oh are you ever going to play Breath of the Wild you would love it and I'd be like yeah I hear that game's really good and the back of my mind I'm just remembering the stone talus just, just wrecking seething. me you know because I just had a stick because I think that's like all you can find in that when you first yeah. leave you're like this is bullshit yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> like they're trying to just make this harder than Dark Souls for no reason not realizing that you know and I'll get to that but Dark Souls is a masterpiece funny. they're trying to copy it yeah <laughs> yeah you know like me just being stereotypical from software but, um and yeah and then I, I I mean I'm sure you heard me tell this story but I ended up doing like a charity stream for um like the Christmas season and um I was like you know what Everyone keeps asking me to play Breath of the Wild. 
it's on sale at Target. I can just make that be an, an incentive because um, I try to find like economical incentives because I don't, especially then it was not making very much money. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Worst case scenario, I'll just have a new game to play. And, you know, I, I would, by that point I was kind of tired of playing Animal Crossing. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Why not? I'll just play this while I'm on my vacation. And then I fell in love with the game. Not necessarily the story right away, because I feel that the story, especially initially, and especially if you haven't, if you weren't familiar with the series, um, it really favors you just kind of exploring and mm -hmm. just getting lost in the terrain and music. And that I just, I'll never forget, like, because I, well, I say I never forget. I will never forget the second time officially that I stepped out of the Great Plateau. <laughs> um, because the first time I blocked out of my memory because I was just so like, well, this, this game. Um, but you know, when you like step out and there's like that oh, like, yeah. whole like overview. And I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in a game. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just had my chaotic playthrough after that where I chased a barrel like down a hill and drown trying to get it for some reason i was just i don't know i don't was just you're chaos. immersed exactly i was fully immersed and like fully dedicated to that barrel um and yeah it just i think it was just like a really fun silly time for me with breath of the wild and it was when i was really starting to feel confident as a creator because i was like putting out a lot of clips from yeah, my stream this, and i was being loud and silly you know? this is where i think you in my pov as just someone who has observed you this is about the time that I felt your your viewer accounts are going up and I, I I would visit your stream and I just felt like you were just like more confident and, yeah. and present and like you were just like really in this this healthy flow uh, with Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's still one of my all-time favorite games and I know it's far from a lot of people's favorite Zelda game but and I, I, I'll talk about that a little bit after I give like the general overview to the question you were asking me about my experience with the series overall but mm -hmm. it, it definitely is something that I think is up there with Ocarina that just really impacted me on a personal level yeah. um and I think it's just because of what I had going on in my personal life too um where Breath of the Wild really just kind of awakened the sense of adventure in me where things yeah. Uh, my job at the time was incredibly draining and a project that I was working on at the time um, pretty much made me um, bed bound. I didn't really talk about that on stream, but it, it was so stressful on me like mentally and physically that I just couldn't leave my place. Um, so streaming and especially Breath of the Wild gave me that sense of like adventure and like, you know, boundlessness that yeah. I didn't have access to um and then yeah it was just fun being like silly and I was like oh so I can be like kind of goofy and like making weird noises and it's not going to be off-putting to folks because mm -hmm. there was a part of me that felt like I almost had to restrict that and that's on having Saturn in your third house um oh, yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah Is that why like, you say sorry so much well, <laughs> yes, but I also dated someone from the Midwest for many years. So ah. <laughs> that's like a part of that too. That's oh a gosh. mini lore. Cultural um, lore, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some linguistics and <laughs> stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, and then I was um, getting close with one of, um, like someone that's very near and dear to me who, um, really loves the Zelda series. And when I, when I got to the point where I had 
gotten comfortable with exploring Breath of the Wild. And then I was like, oh, right, there's a story happening here. Like, I should probably do right. the Divine Beast quests and, like, stuff like that. Because I was just, like, dudes, within, like, oh, two weeks of me playing, I was, like, parrying guardians with a pot lid. And I just felt unstoppable. And, right. Like, you know. Um, and, uh, oh, um, sorry. <laughs> You can edit this out. My partner just walked in the room and startled me. Was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear. He just like, <laughs> the jump scare. He's like, <laughs> he's like apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I almost like flipped backwards. It's fine. Um, we almost lost you. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing too. Like Breath of the Wild was fun because I'm easily startled. Um, but uh, and he's actually the one. I guess I'll give some context. Like um, I don't know how you all edit this. Like maybe I'll, I'll, I'll just, figure it out. I'll, I'll I'll rephrase this. Like um, someone that's very near and dear to me, um, Tiggs or Tiggity. Like he is a lifelong lover of Zelda, and he had been watching a lot of my Breath of the Wild streams at the time because that was one of his favorite games. And as I was completing the different main story quest points and doing some side questing just to kind of understand what was going on and realizing that the story was really rich like more rich than mm. i had seen you know just in playing it just for the fun of the exploration mm -hmm. like um he had I, I i think it was when i was in zora Sumi, which is like one of my favorite areas in the game uh, yeah. um throughout the series like it's always been just you know blue is my favorite color and it's, it's like so watery beautiful and, there i know like, I, yeah. the zoras are my favorite i love them there such silly little guys I, i'm actually wanting to play through the oracle series because we get some mm -hmm. zora lauren yes. and one of them anyway um uh i remember i was i was looking at one of the divine beasts and i was like i i feel like this creature is named after a character that i haven't met and he was just like eyes emoji like yeah, they're in an older Zelda game. And I was like, oh, which one? And then that's what really got me interested. I'm like, wait a minute. So there's like all this little secret stuff ah. that's from other games. Because I, I saw some of my friends that have, you know, like Mary and my friend Amber, who like really, really love Breath of the Wild, especially um, having all the different DLC masks and stuff on. And I didn't know what that stuff was because I hadn't played any other games. And they were like, yeah. And like, this stuff is also from other games. You should like check those out. And I was like, oh my God, that is so cool that they brought all this stuff in. And like my friend Soft Brain, which loves like environmental storytelling and like mm. little whispers. Oh. Like I was like, holy shit. That is like, what <laughs> Zelda does best. You know, those yeah. little subtle pockets of storytelling. It's so good. It's so good and like very foundational to I feel like gaming in general and I'll get to that yes. like I'll transition over to like the the very brief like I'll try to keep it very brief like playthrough. So I, I of course naturally went to Ocarina of Time. Thankfully I had the um, subscription. I think I got it for another reason but um, I have this very cursed clip of me. I think it was I think it was it had to have been Halloween of 2021. I was like doing an animal crossing event and one of my friends was asking me if i would ever play a zelda game and this was like right or before i started thinking about it and i was like yeah like i guess the subscription is only like 50 bucks like i just don't really see myself playing zelda games and like i just think about that like daily <laughs> i'm just like yeah, it's just 
little did I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I went to went to Ocarina, and I I had I, I did have a fun time with it up to a point. Like the mechanics were a little rough for oh me, but it's gosh. you know, it is um, very outdated. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, but only because of I feel like if I had played it on original hardware, I would have had a better time. But I ended oh, up loving true. it. Like once I got like the right controller, like shout out to one of my um, community members that gifted me the controller. Um, and I still think that even though aesthetically, I think Twilight Princess is my favorite and um, oh, and yeah. overall Breath of the Wild is my favorite for more personal reasons. It's got less to do with like the lore. Um, I think Ocarina for me has, and I've yet to play through Majora's Mask as you know properly, so that might change, but I think Ocarina just really speaks to the things that I love about not just fantasy, but storytelling, where it's not overly complicated. It's it's really just almost like a children's fairy tale in a way, but and it's more hopeful because I feel like, and, and you know this just from like studying the fae, a lot of like the origins of fairy tales that we see, especially in like more popular media, like Disney, like they were really dark and messed up and had yeah. horrible, tragic endings. And like, even though o- Ocarina is, and some of the games in general tend to have like very somber themes around like grief and loss. And yes. there's also that sense of hope and like overcoming challenges, even if you're like just a young person or as someone who's not seen as, you know, up to your full potential. And I think Ocarina for many reasons, like just going through like childhood and adulthood and like just, just like the, the pacing of it, like, and just it, I just played the base game. I, I didn't do any of the side quests. I'm sure um, when I go back and do it, I'll feel this even more, but I think that I hadn't had a game in a long time just make me feel the way that I did when I played Ocarina. Like I think back to, like seeing Zelda for the first time and just like mm. um and just seeing Hyrule get destroyed and then well the thing that really hit me when I first played it was I remembered something bad happens to Deku but I couldn't remember when uh-huh. like I knew that he died but I couldn't remember when and I, I rem- I'll never forget like when I first started, I was like, oh, like Deku. Oh my God, I'm so happy to see him. This is like the one of my favorite characters in the game. And like, we don't, you know, we just get a little hint of him like in Breath of the Wild. But I remember loving him as a kid because that was like the one part of the level that I did play a lot was in the Kokiri village. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I just, you know, it's very like fake core, like yeah. all the little Kokiri children. And, um, and I think by the time I was lore keeping and like looking into the story and remembering like, God, this is really sad from the jump. Like Link is an orphan essentially. Like, and he's in this like forest and nobody likes him. And his only friend really is like this tree. And I was like, oh gosh, you know, I sure hope like we get to see him. And then he just dies. And I remember just feeling <laughs> devastated, but you know, to like wrap that up was like finishing ocarina and like seeing baby deku like just sprouting oh, up like that yeah. broke me like dudes like that like yeah. like i don't know what it was like i mean the ending of ocarina like when you f- defeat ganon and like <gasps> yeah like that whole sequence is like that is like uh, yeah the controls horrible awful but like 
like the story is just so damn good and like it just sticks out to me yeah it's so ghibli coded where like so much is spoken without being spoken uh the subtle storytelling that is just so thick in zelda is the best part i uh in the last episode I did for the Oddcast, I did um, an astrological deep dive on Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Ooh. And uh, I, I, I think you would really enjoy listening to it, especially after this, uh, as, we, as we conversate. I feel like you're going to agree with some of my assessments. Uh, but I think one of the big things I took away from it was in my studies, I watched um, a talk done by the art director and director of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, And they talked a lot about how the most important thing for Zelda was, like, the the vibes. It's not the gameplay. It's not the storytelling. It's the vibes. It's about what you are picking up the the just the feeling of adventure the feeling of being on a journey that is what they deemed most important in the video game creation and a part of breath of the wild's like call to action was like we're trying to go back to basics ironically but while well, changing some things up well so you can like climb on walls and stuff but like we want to go back to that same feeling that zelda evoked because like I think that Twilight Princess was, like, sort of this last game in this golden era of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Because then we, we started getting, like... Oh, I might get people mad by saying that. <laughs> because then we got, like, games like Skyward Sword. And I was like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like, this is fun. But, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm Something's missing. And then, yeah. like, they, they brought that back hardcore with, with Breath of the Wild, in my opinion. I thought that it was such an ambient and visceral gaming experience exactly like you said with the with the plateau like (laughs) walking out of the shrine of resurrection and and greeting that like sunrise there was like you know like three minutes into the game and i'm like bawling (laughs) and i'm like what's happening to me uh (laughs) like i i haven't even like i i've all i've done is press forward and like pressed a a few times and i'm i'm moved i'm i'm bespoke watching this uh and and that's i think another term too i think that zelda is so good to just like watch and watch everything unfold it's so so tender so subtle and like I, and it's funny, too, because, like, I think that the stories are good, but I also think that they aren't the weight that carries the games on its back. You know, it's a very classic, as you say, fairy tale in most of the Zelda games, where it's good versus evil, hero's exactly. journey, um, and with a lot of magic in between, and a lot of... Um, shoulders brushing against different forces against different um mundane individuals living mundane lives i just i don't know zelda's magic and and i'm i'm glad that you were able to capture that and i think that's something that's really special about the way that you've gone through these zelda's games is that these are the feelings and the emotions and everything that you went through is immortalized uh in video form on your stream and i think that's very special i'm really glad that you said that because like as you were talking about how um zelda is like fun to 
watch how things unfold and like go through those different interpersonal exchanges and like see how complex all those relationships are i'm I'm paraphrasing but Mm -hmm. uh I, a part of me had doubted if that would be the case because a part of me has always wondered what it's like for people on the other end that play it completely to themselves. Like I was so envious of when you were talking about playing um, Tears of the Kingdom, just like, you know, shutting yourself off from the world because I loved being, first of all, I wouldn't have been able to finish any of those games if I played it on my own time because my my ADHD is so bad that I, oh, yeah. I, I need to do it in a communal sense. But there's a part of me that I'm really glad that I saved a lot of the side quests and stuff off stream so now I can just go back to those whenever I want but there's there was there was a part of me that was like am I robbing people of like that experience of like how amazing these games are by streaming it and like I I 100% enjoyed what I did with it um but yeah it's 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 nice to hear that um that is like a, a, a positive thing for folks because I don't know. I just, I don't know. I get in my head about this stuff. Like, even if I'm enjoying it, I'm like, yeah, but is this, like, should I be doing this? I guess. Oh. Um, I mean, here's what I think. Because, like, with Zelda, no one's going to tune into a Zelda stream to watch, like, Link swing his sword. True. People want to tune in and watch the the stor- the the subtle storytelling unfold. You yeah. know, it, it, it's very impressive to watch cool parries and, and you rock a shrine. But I think it's even cooler uh, watching, uh, especially in games like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom that aren't on rails. It's it's very magical and ocarina of time, too. I could watch that story over and over and over it's again. It's so beautiful. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the one of my favorite parts of watching Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom playthroughs is where are they going to go next? You yeah. know, what, what, why that way? Why, when clearly, let's say for Breath of the Wild's sake, it, they, they're very clearly kind of gently nudging you to Kakariko at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and, but it's like, it's so funny to see some of the streamers, they say, they, they notice it, and they're like, fuck that. I'm going the exact opposite <laughs> direction. Like, see me in Gerudo. Like, it's like, okay, like, I love it though. Like, uh, and, and I think that's also a part of the magic of watching and, and being a part of, uh, the audience of a Zelda game is just like, Wow, like where this this is such a storytelling of the soul because I think that yeah. even just the knee jerk reaction of like I'm not listening to you game like it's like okay Sagittarius like just go wherever you want like you know like it's like okay I just got a read on you you know but like affectionate it's funny like uh, I think that oh my gosh my chair I think that these games are storytell to us and then. It story tells us to us. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, <laughs> no, a hundred percent. Because, and I, I, well, okay, I'm still learning like the development team for Zelda um, because, as, so I'm not as well versed on the real life lore of Zelda yet because mm-hmm. I've mostly been immersed in the end game. But my understanding mm-hmm. is that there are many different parts of like the upper hive brain of um the zelda development team that are interested in different aspects of the game so we have like miyamoto san who's kind of like mad scientist just like i just want to see what we can do with the game and just make it fun and like Mm -hmm. in this bring all this ingenuity into gaming and then we have aonuma san who like feels the same way but he's a little bit more focused on at least from the surface level research that i've done on 
them, the two of them specifically, more focused just on like creating that universe and kind of taking Miyamoto's wacky ideas and making them real. <laughs> um, yeah, bringing life into them. I agree with Exactly. That. Um, and then there are other... Um, Oh god, I, this is so bad. I should remember the the gentleman that's <laughs> you know rest in peace. That the Satori are um, 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 Iwata San. Oh yeah, Iwata San. I feel like in a way was kind of, and it's nothing against Onuma San or Miyamoto San, but almost like the the soul in a way for oh yeah um, for Zelda. So it, I I feel like they really honored that. Well. Um, is it, isn't it like an Easter egg that like on, oh no, I think it's on the Switch in particular. If you put in a certain code, like the NES game for golf pops up. And that was like one of the first games Iwata worked on. Oh, and really? so like Iwata's like baked into the Switch, you know, and baked into like everything that Nintendo touches forever. I think that's so cool. Uh, and if, for those who are listening who don't know anything about Iwata-san, please look into him he is a video game magician and is sorely missed in the video game world he brought brilliant ideas and uh it's part of the reason that earthbound exists and or at least over here in the west like amazing human being and amazing creator of worlds yeah. and and programmer genius maybe i would say and like yeah, all these all these amazing minds that have come together and created the Zelda series and uh, uh, like everything, it has been intricately chosen for these games. And and once again, since it's so fresh in my mind, especially Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, uh, talking about things like being directly inspired by like chemistry and physics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like guys are so smart (laughs) like that's so cool the the science behind these games is so cool dudes especially like going through um the compendium like and like it's it's all in there it's all in there like it's so cool just seeing the different plant life as it appears like it it tells a story of its own in that way like and i know that we haven't had a game yet where you can play a zelda but i think that this is something i haven't talked about on stream either but if people want to have that experience of like playing a zelda work on your compendium because that's that's like her life's blood it's like you know, doing that research and like that's that's what's brought me a lot of joy and fulfillment and like that looking so into real. Yeah, like the plants and animals that were inspired by the game. Like one little fun Easter egg in Tears of the Kingdom when you're in Kakariko Village. Um oh my god, what is the name of that flower? Uh I'm looking this up real quick. Um Is it the the uh <laughs> fuck. It's called um Oh gosh, hold on. I have a photo of it. Oh, this is the Japanese. A spider lily. So there's a spider mm. lily, a red spider lily, which it, I believe it's said to be some sort of like connection to hell or earth. Um, there's a dried spider lily in one of the merchant shops in Kakariko Village near one of the um, chasms, which I thought was so cool. I haven't had a chance to go and see if it's in if there's a spider lily that's alive in breath of the wild yet but i just thought that that would be really kind of a cool um 
like like the the flower is dead like because hell is now on earth like that's like wow. kind of how i um oh sorry it's yeah it's meant to symbolize a cycle of uh rebirth death and rebirth um so so yeah the, there's like little things like that where like to most people, they would just see a dried flower. But if you look at what kind of flower that is, and like, there's so much um, Japanese culture embedded into Breath of the Wild oh, and Tears of the Kingdom. Like, you you really can go as deep as you want into the storytelling with those two games in particular. Um, and that's what I appreciate about them so much. So I'm, I'm really excited to listen to um, the, your Oddcast episode on those two. And like, I, I didn't want to take over too much because I'm sure that you had a bunch of questions and like talking points for oh, those no. games. So that was just like something that I thought about recently. Oh, no, that's so cool. I, I, I did not ever catch that. And, and that's the thing with these games. Like everything is so intricately placed. Everything is so uh, woven into like, there's a reason why these games were delayed, like, for years, <laughs> both of them, you know, like, they, mm -hmm. they wanted to create all these beautiful uh, finishing touches on this this world that is, and, and I mean, just in general, the world of Hyrule is such a, and it just created such a, like, I think about, like, the world and, like, uh, the Kokiri and, like, all, all the inhabitants of Hyrule, and it's, like, just such a thoughtfully driven world but what what i want to know with you is um with tears of the kingdom uh first of all what what did you think especially like maybe in comparison to breath of the wild or uh what what was your thoughts um <laughs> <laughs> so my thoughts overall are just uh, i know that was an open-ended i don't know like um so, if I'm remembering correctly, you played Breath of the Wild, you jumped to Ocarina of Time, you played Twilight Princess, and then you did T Tears of the Kingdom? Yes. So yes, that, that's I mean, exactly. just that flow, I, I'm amazed by. And uh, I, like, I guess maybe mm, jumping from Breath of the Wild into Tears of the Kingdom, because it, it, it follows up the story about five years later, and then you're yeah. immersed in... Something entirely new, uh, but just the same as it ever was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. like, I just, I, did you have fun? Did you like it? <laughs> I did. All um, those things in mind, I guess. <laughs> so, so I was, I was just talking about this with someone recently where, like, there's a part of me, there is a small part of me that wishes that I would have not finished Twilight Princess right before playing Tears of the Kingdom. And it's only because I got so used to the combat in Twilight Princess ah. that I was more combat brain by the time I got to Tears of the Kingdom initially. That wore off like very quickly, but I think that I was more focused on like fighting stuff right away. And, you know, like even Breath of the Wild is like... Uh, totally different from twilight princess's combat um as far as like the the arts and stuff like that but um i think that i really am grateful that i had finished breath of the wild because i think the way that i interpreted it is like i, I know there was a lot of criticism about the traits of the kingdom and the story in general but that's to be said of like every Zelda game but i think that True. the the disjointedness that is felt 
between different parts of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is 100% intentional. And I really do feel like it was meant to be disorienting for people that were familiar with Breath of the Wild. Because for me, mm. like it had me on pins and needles for the longest time because I just thought like, am I in the right dimension? Like, I know that this is like in the future, but so much of this feels like I'm like in some weird purgatory also. Mm. And that still hasn't been totally made clear to me, even after finishing the game. I, it's not really something that I want answered directly. And I don't think that we would get that answer anyway, because it's Zelda. Yeah. And that's what I love about the series. But there's almost a part of me that because there's so much illusion in Tears of the Kingdom and various like points of the game that like I never felt calm or like at ease, which was such a cool feeling because that's what I loved about Breath of the Wild is that there were a lot of auditory cues, like, you know, an example being like the Guardian, you know, oh, sounds yeah. like where <laughs> I would you know, I would, I would be like chilling and then I would hear that sound and then I'd be like, okay, it's, it's danger time. But I felt like in Tears of the Kingdom, like I never really relaxed, like, especially when you're like, you know, for example, like the Lost Woods or like, you know, the Korok Forest oh, as it's called, like yeah. that is scary to get to in Breath of the Wild. But once you're there, you're fine. I never felt like that in Tears, like even after working through that part of the story like I there was just always like this sense of danger and like looming like evil which like I yeah. really appreciated but was not expecting in a Zelda game because even though like the previous games had different points where they felt like ominous and like there was like evil foot like it, I feel like Tears of the Kingdom really like I was like it, within the first few minutes of the game I was like oh okay so they're giving us Dark Souls Breath of the Wild like this they're really doing it like I I love this I'm eating this up but then there was this other part of me that was like wait wait actually I want to go back yeah you know like exactly because breath of the wild is like a game that i will always find very comforting because it just it's one of my favorite games and it just it it feels like like and even in the title it's breath of the wild it's like very it like is. and then like tears of the kingdom like it's even got so there's many like plosives like you know like yeah. like it's just like there's so just true. yeah like that weight and um i enjoyed it it's still like 10 out of 10 game for me but i feel i felt very different feelings like going through it and i agree with that i yeah oh hi editing dukesley here uh <laughs> i just wanted to say that we're going to be starting to talk a little bit more about tears of the kingdom in this section and surprisingly we kept it pretty spoiler free except we do talk about an enemy that pops up in the game uh that may or it, it, it's a spoiler. It is a spoiler. But if you don't want to hear anything about that and anything about her feelings about that, uh, you should probably skip ahead five minutes and then that conversation will be over. But it's it's not too bad of a spoiler, but a spoiler nonetheless. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Okay. Back to the interview. Thank you. <laughs> I think that a lot of the instances where I was struck with awe in tear or in Breath of the Wild, uh, such as the moments where I first ran across a Hinox, yeah. or like like where I it, it's a huge terrifying monster, but I was mostly just like I felt like like Steve Irwin, like I'm just like oh my god, <laughs> like, like, like let me look at this big creature, this is amazing. Uh, when, 
Yeah, crikey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then I go into Tears of the Kingdom. And um, by the way, I will preface this part with like a spoiler. So like oh, yeah. like us this this talk. So to feel free to speak freely. Um, okay, um, awesome. Yeah, uh, but I'll ne- <laughs> just like how there's so many moments that start with Breath of the Wild. With I'll never forget when. Uh, well, something I'll never forget in Tears of the Kingdom is the first time those fucking hands came out of the ground. <gasps> Dudes, dudes, <laughs> that made me not want to play the game and unfortunately dudes literally i found okay so this is how messed up it was and like how i knew i, I was never going to know a moment of peace in that game dudes i left lookout landing you know how there's that door that leads towards the chasm you're supposed to go to mm-hmm. for robbie mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. a little area of like dilapidated buildings it's it can't be more than like maybe a hundred yards away from the exit dukes mm-hmm. i went there just like oh I, there's that's weird there's like nothing here then i hear the music and i'm like oh that's that's strange i was like oh what's going on with my screen like is this a blood moon and then yeah, the hands exactly. and like you can't outrun them because i had just dropped from the sky islands i had no stamina i didn't have a glider i had nothing and i was just like oh this is scary um i have no weapons um and the, I, like i will never forget that moment because i was like this game is seriously fucked up like <laughs> oh my god because like and, and you know and this is coming from like a almost 10 year from soft veteran okay like i have never felt that sense of fear in a maybe the first time i played resident evil 2 but that right. was decades ago and it was amazing <laughs> so but i was like that's not why i play zelda games this is not, i don't know how I, I feel about that yeah i was sitting over here oh my god and like I literally, it was very similar. I was like, what? Is this a blood moon? I'm like, that's weird. It's midday. And then, like, I just turn my camera at the right angle, and I see these, just this conglomerate of hands rushing towards me. And I scream, and I throw my controller. Oh, no. (laughs) my partner's next to me. And so the way that we played, because we're like, okay, we both have to play Tears of the Kingdom at the same time. So he was playing on his TV, like, across the room. And I'm over here. He's like, what? just happened i'm like nothing just keep playing <laughs> like <laughs> i don't i don't want to spoil this for you <laughs> like right. i am not spoiling this for you i was oh, like you yeah. focus on what you're doing i'm going to um cope for a little bit and <laughs> think about what on earth i'm meant to do about this situation and, and like nobody knows anything about it like you can learn about the gloom hands like in some npc interactions like mm-hmm. if you do the chasm quest but it's it's mm. like it's disturbing and i think even after playing and i think because the and it's okay so this is my hot take i've heard some nintendo gamers say that they want like 4k zelda game and the unreal engine i'm like no i don't want that i like i we don't need that and i also selfishly don't want anything like the fucking gloom hands (laughs) they're terrifying enough in this beautiful cell shaded like painted world that we're in i don't want to actually have fear in my very hyperactive imagination about you know those things yeah i don't i don't need waking nightmares before my very eyes you know what i mean like no and and not to mention like god (laughs) no we really don't need that but like uh, once again the charm of zelda is exactly what it is which is this charming cell shaded like world and and i think uh, it's like a fairy tale it is and i saw i've seen a lot of complaints about like how blurry the game is which is 
valid, I think, to a certain point. I think that yeah. at this point, we're nearing the end of the Switch's <laughs> lifespan. Oh, yeah, I'm going to miss the Switch. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, sure the next, I'm sure Switch U will be great. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that, like, the, the exactly what you said, the, the dreaminess of the art in and of itself, how it's sort of, like, everything's a little rounded and, and uh, uh, has, like, a glow effect effect on it like it's like mm-hmm. i don't know that's a, it's a part of the game's magic we we don't need anatomically <laughs> correct skin like you get to see the wrinkles of the, the skin blue hands and, the pores yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think too to your point like i'm really glad that you said like it's like almost like dreamy like i feel like it it really i don't know i'm sure you can relate to this but i love like animation and Mm -hmm. cartoons and like I feel like it's able to really convey stories in a way that you just can't get with realism like I feel like that's why I love like all of you know the the indie artsy like highbrow stuff Mm -hmm. all the way to like adventure time like it it just I feel like if it were done with a more realistic aesthetic if you will it just would take me out of it and maybe that's just because i'm autistic and i i read too much into body language and stuff when it's a person but when it's a cartoon or animation like i i feel like i can connect with it more but i just feel like it's just it it is a part of that like nintendo charm it's like what sets them apart and why zelda has endured for what 30 plus years now going on 40 like go and going and going there's no end in sight for zelda and i think it's exactly that too it's a part of the presence it's created creatively like yeah you can immediately tell when something's a zelda game even through all of its uh iterations and the evolution of consoles like to give it it, it's never tried to be realistic it's high yeah yeah (laughs) it's and and the fact that people expect that first of all from a nintendo game is wild to me but uh, second of all like read the room (laughs) like when has when has nintendo ever given us anything like that and when also have we ever asked nintendo for like the realistic mario game like never (laughs) <laughs> give give Zelda the same the same credit because Zelda people get confused because it is like this high fantasy setting and I think yeah. that especially like with Twilight Princess because like I remember at the time uh, Wind Waker came out before Twilight Princess and people were furious they were like this is not our link <laughs> and it's so weird to me Dukes because I feel like of all the Zelda like bordering on vintage now games that I've played that looks the best mm-hmm. say for the game boy advance games like that has like mm-hmm. graphically looks so amazing and i feel like breath of the wild really did a nice marriage of the style of twilight princess and wind waker where we got Great. that cell shading but still that it's it's very like anime high fantasy but wind waker like wouldn't make sense in any other art style than it was and that like for me like again i'm newer to this whole community still in a sense like it's only been a little over a year for me if you can believe that but um (laughs) it just felt to me like a link to the past art style it was just 3d or two and a half d i don't know all the 
but like it just reminded me of that like sense of like child like wonder and yeah. exploration and like i i don't think a pirate like nautical themed zelda game would have looked good in any other art style personally oh, because gosh yeah you know um and it reminded me and my art history for japanese culture is not very good like it's not i shouldn't say very good it's not as well versed as maybe someone who knows more but um it just reminded me a lot of the painted stories that i would see from like japanese folklore and other like east asian cultures so in a way it was just like that kind of simplified and almost like historic art style but i'm using that term very loosely but it just Mm -hmm. it wasn't meant it was meant to be like you were watching a story that had already occurred is like how i felt and and i think that just rings true with most zeldas i think a lot of zeldas have tons of just like japanese underbelly to it where you can just tell it hails from japan from i I mean even just like the very on the nose i forget what era breath of the wild like inspired was inspired by but i'm I'm sure you've looked into it if you have like the pottery oh the joman people yeah thank you exactly that yep yep uh like so and and a big part i think of the legend of zelda is exactly that the the legend of Zelda, and I think with every game, the beginning of the game shows like this slideshow of like old imagery of like hieroglyphics <laughs> of like uh, uh, like paintings of a time long past of a hero in green, uh, and I think that it, it, it Zelda is just like a, a modern fairy tale, ultimately just constantly retelling the same story over and over but with n- new new hats new faces new situations and following very lonely link <laughs> and and very scorpio link yeah. uh, on on his very scorpio journey and i i i kneel so much to the way that they've told the stories and like the mediums of which that they're telling the stories. And I'm glad that you have been a part of the storytelling of the legend of Zelda with, with your lore keeping and simply, like I said, just cataloging your journey through Zelda in and of itself, because I think most of all, one of the things that the creators of Zelda wanted to drive home was Everyone can be Link. Link. They made Link intentionally androgynous yeah. uh, and and uh, ageless, I suppose, uh, where you see Toon, little kid Link, but then you see also very mature, older Link. And then we get like Twilight or uh, a Breath of the Wild Link, which is like somewhere in the middle, <laughs> like yeah. uh, uh, coming of age Link, you know. Uh, and I think that... Uh, as as a viewer of yours and someone who's been watching you for a while, I think that uh, having sort of this uh, breakout game for you and your channel and what you put out there, Be Zelda, I think is very poetic, uh, sort of stepping into this role of, of storyteller uh, in a game that is simply about telling the story, the, the hero's yeah. journey, you know, and... I guess that leads me to ask you, what what is your next lore keeping journey? Oh God, uh, 
sorry, I was just like basking in the light of everything that you were saying. I love the way that you speak about <laughs> games and just in general. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's, it's really like, I hate to just use this term just so like plainly, but it's, it's beautiful. Like, and I'm, I'm really happy that you started a podcast because like, I feel like you'll be able to like, like showcase that in a way that I know you are always able to do this on stream, but I feel that you're really like in your element doing this. So I, I really do feel honored that you have me Emily, here. Thank you. Guest, so, That's so sweet. Um, thank you. Yeah, I, I just feel like, you know, the Pika emote where he's like sitting with his, like Kita Kita eyes. That's like me listening to you talk about Zelda right now. Just like, I forgot what you asked me just now because I was like, wow. <laughs> but uh, I think you're asking me about lore keeping and yeah, you know, what's your next? What's your next journey? So, um, that's, that's kind of like a, a, a cliffhanger for me because mm. of the old ADHD, because, um, well, one, the, the more, before I got on this call, I had a sure answer, which was, I'm focusing on trying to bring about a convergence of all the fantasy games that I've enjoyed and give like a, a n Nimi lore, like me as a gamer and a creator and like what lore keeping is and like kind of almost doing it like a university course like i think that's like teaching that wonderful i like guess is like the best way. exactly exactly yeah. like like uh nimi university something like Aww. that but just like not as like something that sounds a little bit more magical <laughs> like I, I i would be happy with that like i'm sure it will be like very charming but um I, i'm still workshopping that because there's just will... too many things that i love you know yes you'll you'll um, come up with something brilliant i know you will um thank you but uh i really um feel very strongly about a lot of things like that's just on having a mars and aries i'm like you know what i'm gonna i have this belief and i'm gonna stand up for it and like it's not not even from a value sense but just more like i have an opinion and i want to share it and like streaming is really giving me that confidence that i didn't have previously mm -hmm. to do that but um i really want to affirm the maybe i keep saying affirm i want i want to sh highlight and showcase story and lore and like history and like science and like everything that is a part of gaming has been a part of gaming but kind of has been overshadowed by just gameplay which is i think is the most important part of gaming in a sense but there's also like whole teams and people yeah. and like just history really world history that's put into these universes that we immerse ourselves in that i i really want to from the most like user-friendly approach but still painting this this picture of like i don't i want it to feel like a, an adventure but one where you come out learning something new but not in a way that's very like white tower like university like formal but still like it's informative so that's the part that's like hard to do because it requires an incredible amount of research but i love it but i have time to do it now so that's that's where i'm at and like the second part where i was like i knew the answer before i got on the call was like while you were talking about link and breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom being kind of like an in-between i was thinking um and this is stuff that i haven't Thought, thought about in a little while because I don't have a ton of people I can talk to on calls about Tears of the Kingdom yet because uh, <laughs> the folks that I normally speak with either don't play Tears or they just haven't beaten it yet they can take their time um, but 
I'm like, yeah, they can take their time. I'm like clenching my microphone right now. It's like, yeah. just take like, yeah, I'll be here. It's fine. I just, I just won't talk to anyone for here. It's fine. <laughs> um, but uh, I was just thinking like there's, um, and I have to go back. I might even just like start a new playthrough of Breath of the Wild just to experience it again. I, Cause, like, I can, I can knock that out in like a week or something. Like I just yeah. won't shut myself off in the world. But um, when you're cooking, like let him cook in tears of the kingdom link sings a bunch of songs from previous games and i can't yes. remember if he did that in breath of the wild but a part of me almost when we I were don't talking think he about did. it okay because that makes me really lure spiral around raru and i won't get into that now because we do not have time but hopefully we can talk about this some more because i have another um if it's okay to mention another creator briefly but i don't Please, know if you yes. watch his stuff his name is wiz catches lightning on zelda or on zelda on you YouTube on Zelda YouTube. <laughs> I okay. really went out of my comfort zone and just like did a cold call and I was like, hey, I love the way that you talk about Zelda. I want to get on a call with you. And we had a mutual friend. So we ended up talking, Dukes, like for almost four hours about Zelda and we still didn't. So his stuff definitely, you might not agree with everything, but he's so like dreamy and like very, like, I don't know if he's into like, the uh the magical side of this as as much as we are but everything else like i just i had so much fun like talking to him and we were talking about raru because he has a video on raru that's how i came across him and uh when you we were talking about the different links i was thinking like god what if i mean we know that raru existed in um like ocarina and in other zelda games like i'm wondering if like when link gets his arm if like that's link getting access to all of his previous incarnations and that's like Boom. why he knows the songs like that's a big reach Boom. i understand but like it's just i'm like that would be amazing subtle storytelling nah, because nah, nah. I'm, I'm applying that to my head canon right now that like you know that what lines i mean up. because like raru and like that whole quest line of like um getting to the final uh the final final sage it's like near farren woods and like i have so much lore spiraling around that dudes like <laughs> I, I won't bore you with that but that's like where i'm at right now i i it's it's gonna take me a really long time to get videos out around zelda like, um, yeah just sorting out all these thoughts and zelda gives you so much you can work so with. much and i i want to do the research and then just really allow myself to enjoy that process because as much as i enjoy reading and like my favorite word that you use pontificating about these things <laughs> writing isn't really my strong suit i'm great at editing but writing is something that i just get very overwhelmed by so that's something i'm gradually working myself up to becoming more comfortable with um for for lore keeping yeah. and um, you, you might just be the type of person to just sit down in front of a camera and just blah, 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 and then edit <laughs> whatever I comes probably out probably just do that yeah. <laughs> like that's a, i've thought about like scripting like video essays before because i think we both have similar like uh we, we hyperfixate and then we just want to gobble it whole and we just want, then we want to share it with the world because we're Gemini's. Uh, <laughs> we want to share all our knowledge. And there's been so many times I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm really passionate about this subject. I really think I could fill up like an hour of people's times. And then it's like the, <laughs> like, lady, mm -hmm. I can't write this SpongeBob exactly. mode. <laughs> like, wait, hold on. I, I, I gotta like say this all into a microphone and then like listen back and be like, okay, wow, that sounded great. Like, that, so maybe, maybe 
that will help your adventure unsolicited not really no i mean honestly dudes like that's how i had been trying to do content before like leading up to tears of the kingdom and maybe you can relate to this but i think i have something like 700 voice notes on my phone and my apple watch of just like little thoughts that i have and i'm like i'm gonna go back and listen to this but i i haven't so one thing i've been doing um and this is like a full circle moment back to like self-care as a as a streamer is like Mm -hmm. just taking time off just i'm not feeling like i need to pump content out but just like enjoy the things that i make because i feel like if i um don't enjoy what I'm doing. It doesn't really matter if other people do. So just like kind of having that self check in. Um, and that's something that I feel like has really helped me to like love content still. And like anytime that I've like been led astray from that, that's when it starts feeling icky, but like it's, it's talking about like Zelda and fantasy and talking with other people that are passionate about it and really just like feeling that, like maybe passion might feel too strong to some people, but for me that that's like what makes me feel alive. And it can be somebody just being passionate about melee characters or like 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 I don't know. Say just, less. You know what I mean? Like like I it doesn't need to be something that's so like elitist or anything like that. Like I just love seeing people just stoked about whatever, you know, and that's what I love about like spaces like this. It's just yeah, we just have talked for what almost two plus hours about yeah. everything, and it's <laughs> felt like no time at all for me. I don't know about me, you. Me but too. Yeah, yeah like it, it's it's so easy to talk with you, and I I just want to thank you for coming here into my space and, and trusting me and and trusting the oddcast uh, liminal space that I've created here enough to share. Um, you and and all your vulnerableness you mentioned multiple times like i've never mentioned this on stream before and i i appreciate you feeling safe enough in this space to share these parts of you with the world uh and i have a deeper understanding of who you are i always do every time i interact with you and likewise uh, and and i have had nothing but positive and joyful things and memories to say about you throughout the time I've known you. And although we haven't really, really interacted much outside of um, mutual spaces, I I really do want to foster a friendship with you because I think that you're a very genuine, heartfelt, creative, and uh, um, a mirrored Gemini soul to to me. I feel the same way. I'm just awesome. really shy, dudes. <laughs> I'm just really <laughs> shy, and I'm I like we talked about before. I'm always on like hermit mode, but I I feel like I need to embrace that part of the hermit that is not just the solitude, but because that's easy for me to slip into. But just treat it as like a recharge and just like mm-hmm. go out on my my fool's journey, like you had mentioned in your um your tarot, which I love that episode so much. Like I listen back to it. Like I like I got so much I a lot of people are very shy to give feedback, but I just want you to know like people loved hearing you talk about Zelda tarot so oh. much. So the fact that you have like this podcast now and you were talking about Zelda, like I need to embed that into um like my conversations about 
like I'm always like gushing about you. I'm just like, yeah, I love Dooms. You gotta go and check her out. She's amazing. <laughs> but like now I I have like another like another like petal of a Dooms to like spread out to the world. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm really proud of you. And like I I want to also like work on like us spending time outside of like those mutual spaces because I don't know like this this life is is infinite but also not. Um, so, not I so. Wanna, you know what I mean? So I want to <laughs> yeah. make sure that, uh, yeah, we foster know. the relationships that matter. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and hey, I hear you. You're shy. I'm a little less shy. I'll make sure to reach out <laughs> yeah. and be and patient as well. <laughs> Venus retrograde is almost over and I've been doing a lot of Venus, Venetian cleanup. I got seventh house daily and my Taurus moon has been a little, a little rough. In a good way. It's it's like when you're deep cleaning your house. It's just like this this freaking sucks. But then you reach a point where you're like, wait a minute, this is this is awesome. Like everything looks all nice and like Have you ever seen Howl's Moving Castle? I love I've only seen it once. I loved it. I unf- I thought it would be a Sophie. I'm Hal, I fear. Oh. I was yeah. gonna say you're in your Sophie moment where she's I'm in like my deep Sophie cleaning yeah. the yeah. the the castle, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit but- of a diva. Oh, man. The scene where he gets so upset that his hair turns black is like yeah. so relatable. Like, <laughs> I, like when I saw that, I was just like, "Oh my god, no! I'm gonna be like Sophie because she likes has her beautiful dresses and she's so like dainty and femme." And I was like, "Bro, no, I'm now. Oh my god, he's such a brat, but he he like cares so much about protecting the people that he cares about, you know." And yeah, I, I'm I'm in my Sophie cleaning moment i hope um, <laughs> we'll see how long it how long it goes it'd be cool if i could just embrace my calcifer and just be Ooh. like a little little lad but oh yeah he's you know. he's a silly guy he's a silly yeah. that's a certified silly little guy yeah i I, I need to i need to tap into energy more i get i get too serious sometimes like I'm, i mean you know like being a gemini we're very chaotic but i just yeah. i feel like i've been sombering my worm too long so i need to <laughs> I need to, yeah, I need to <laughs> let that worm free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta let him free. Um, which, like, that's something that I really want to do. You were talking about like grounding and like connecting with Gaia, and like that's I, I'm gonna make that a point. Like on Sunday, I have like a free day. I'm gonna like force myself to just go and try to find something that's in nature where I can just get down and dirty because it rains so much on in New York. It's lovely. Oh, you might find some mushrooms then. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's amazing. I, let let me know all about it, please do. But yeah. um, I guess before we go, is there anything you want to shout out? Shout out your stream. Shout out your YouTube. Give it. Give it. Give everything to us. Okay. All right. I'm gonna warm up. I'm just. I'm, I'm just all right. I'm amping up. So I'm nimbly. Um, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but uh, my pronouns are she they. Um, you can find me across the internet at nimbly.garden. Um, I stream on Twitch multiple times a week. I don't have a schedule right now. It's twitch.tv slash nimbly. Um, you can listen to my ethereal femme podcast, which mostly focuses on lore and folks that enjoy lore. Um, that's anchor.fm slash ethereal femme. And you can find me just on the internet being a silly little, silly little lass playing Pokemon. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk to you about Pokemon lore. It's going to oh be like another year though, Dukes, because there's so much game. There's oh so God. much. I, I, I will follow you game to game and talk about every game. There is I, so I, much lore. Like I love these shit. games. I know. I'm, I'm excited to talk lot. about Pokemon too. But uh, same for me. Like I was trying to figure out how to do like an odd cast deep dive. I was like, I might have to go like gen to gen. I might have to yeah. do like gen one, 
Gen 2. Gen, like, I would love that so much. Like, oh it, it is so confusing. Like, even playing the... <laughs> you can't even... It's not even like Ocarina where you can, like, go back to the beginning and understand the story. You have to, like... I don't know. It's 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 so fascinating, but it is so confusing, and it doesn't seem like there's a consensus because it like skips. But it's it's so fun to look into. So I would love to get like your perspective on it, like even before I do my own like playthroughs. Because uh, well, I am I am yeah. literally always down to talk Pokemon, and okay. I guess one final question for you: What's your favorite Pokemon? Oh, okay. I'm very basic. My all-time favorite Pokemon. This is a, probably a red flag, and but you know it's for <laughs> sentimental reasons. It's 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 Pikachu. I Aww. Pokemon Yellow was like my first Pokemon game that I fully fully finished. Um, it was my sister's favorite Pokemon. I think it still is one of her favorites. And I played like Hey You Pikachu and like yes. all those games. And I think it's just like I. I think that Pikachu is not a meta Pokemon really in any sense, but like, I think it's just, it, he, as a symbol, as a, like an emblematic part of like my childhood and like mm-hmm. outside of that sentimentality, like I love Evie little, cause it is like mm-hmm. all that fluidity, um, and yeah. Celebi just because I feel like that would be me as a Pokemon little time wizard, like onion True. fairy, <laughs> um, Aww. Yeah, so those are I'm 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 a boomer, so that that's where it is for me. But as I play through <laughs> the games, I may change. Um, True, yeah. yeah. You, you, I know that my favorite Pokemon evolved a whole bunch through all my different save files. What is yours? Oh, mine is Flaffy. I like Flaffy. Oh, Flaffy is a baby. A <laughs> and baby. I like the Porygon line. I like yeah, Porygon, Porygon, Porygon Two, Porygon Z. I think they're so cool. Wait, Porygon Z? Oh yeah. He's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna send you a gift. Porygon okay. Z. Oh, look at look at him. He's wiggling. Oh, I have seen this baby. Is so cute. Which game is this? This is a, a oh, DS game, question. right? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know. This Maybe be black or white. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. Think you're right. I've heard that the story in black, uh, black two and white two are really good. Yeah. Oh, I get pumped up just thinking about them. They're yeah. easily the best stories in Pokemon. Yeah. So good. Yeah, but, my okay. sister loves them. Okay, anyway, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep you in No, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But I adore you. You're the best. I'm so happy oh, that you're nice. doing this. You're on episode, I don't know what episode this will be, but you're on episode... Five. This will five. be five. Five. That's amazing. You just Thank started. You. You're, yeah. You're killing it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm surprised yeah. at myself, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. this has been quite a labor of love. Tons of Mercury retrograde silliness has already occurred. And, uh, but I'm happy. I am super happy, in fact, to be here and to be the humble host on the oddcast. Uh, so I, I think that's it. Uh, I, I guess I'll just say thank you again for having me on, um, it's the Lazy Facey Oddcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I am excited to hear what what comes next for you. Um, yeah. I mean, I could talk about the next episode if you want. <laughs> yeah, let's so, do it. So next, Get a sneak peek. Yeah, yeah. So so next episode. Uh, this is actually an in between week. So next episode will be next week, uh, the week following this Monday that this comes out. So this episode, just so you know, nimbly, will be coming out mm-hmm. on uh, September fourth. 
if everything goes Ooh, well. Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to boom right out there. And then so this next next episode <laughs> that's coming out right after this one will be on uh, September 11th. And mm-hmm. it will be for the upcoming Virgo Lunation. We're going to be doing an astrological forecast. I have not even looked at the astrology yet, so I hope it's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope that's good. I'm excited. Virgo season. Uh, and uh, and onwards. Yes. We got this. I feel like Virgo energy is kind of needed right now with all the retrogrades. It's like, yeah, I, you know what? Usually Virgo energy feels a little restrictive to me, just wanting to be mm-hmm. a silly little lad. But I need it right now because the world is astrologically kind of burning. But yes. the Jupiter retrograde I've heard is not going to be too bad. Mm-mm. Like, because it, it's, it's a benefic and also it's in Taurus, which is just a silly little happy baby. Yeah, I'm not, so. I'm not worried about that one either. I think that yeah. that... that that's mostly just like, let's just watch and see what happens and maybe not overspend our money. <laughs> that's kind of how I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It, it, we're in pumpkin season, though, so I got <laughs> to make grocery lists when I go outside. But. True and real. Hi. Uh, sorry for the awkward outro <laughs> beginning uh, i kind of fucked up the audio for this too because i don't know this is just such a technical mercury retrograde i just i can't explain that huh but i just want to say thank you all for listening to this wonderful chat that i had with nimbly listening back to it was such a joy i was smiling and laughing along the whole time and i hope that you were able to I don't know, laugh along with us, and I hope that you enjoyed. I mean, please follow Nimbly everywhere, she said. She is so worth the follow, very active on all social media, and a joy to behold in every space that she's in. Once again, I hope you enjoyed the conversation we had. I look forward to when we get to conversate more, whenever that is either here or not recorded. I I am looking forward to when I get to jump on back onto the Ethereal Femme Lorekeeper podcast to uh, talk about Pokemon in particular. (laughs) That'll be fun. But I think that's it for me. Thank you so much for listening to the Oddcast's first ever interview with Nimbly. Aren't they a rock star? I I admire them so much. And I hope you all have a wonderful Monday and onward forever. By the time this episode comes out, it will be a nice Taurus moon, just like Nimbly. All right. You take care, everyone. Thank you again. And uh, once again, a a special thank you for Nimbly being the interview guinea pig and also being such a trooper as we had to fight tooth and nail through technology as mercurials you know and once you know it mid recording the outro it just stops recording classic all right i'm just gonna wrap this up then once again thank you all for listening and thank you again to nimbly for being my interview guinea pig you rule all of you guys rule And I'll see you next time during our uh, upcoming lunation. And I hope you enjoy this oddcast coming out on a Taurus moon, just like Nimbly. (laughs) All right. Take care, everyone. (laughs) Bye-bye.